We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's Boomer and Geo on The Fan and the CBS Sports Network. Across the country on CBS Sports Network. And wherever you are on the free Odyssey app. Good Wednesday morning. Yesterday after the show, after we talked about Aaron Rodgers and a potential trade, there was another NFL insider that we all know. Peter King. Peter King, who came out and linked the Jets to Aaron Rodgers, too. And said that if they trade him, he said it's going to be a couple of first-round picks. And they're going to trade him to an AFC team. And then dropped Woody Johnson. He goes, Woody Johnson would be thrilled to pay that price. So now, you add Adam Schefter, you add Ian Rappaport, and Peter King, all linking the Jets to Aaron Rodgers. I can't believe that this is going to happen. I almost want to put the brakes on this right now before this gets out of control. Because think about all the crazy things that we have talked about that have not happened since you and I have been together. And then previously, obviously, when you and Craig have been together, all these crazy ideas and players going to these New York teams or Bill Belichick coaching the Giants. Remember that one, too, when CMB was around? And they were like, BB to NYG. And they were hashtagging their asses off. And none of it ever happens. Never happens. Even Carlos Correa, we were dreaming about that. We thought we signed him, and then we didn't. So I'm thinking just stop. Everybody relax. Stop. There's no way Aaron Rodgers is going to be a New York Jet. Right? Good morning, Boomer. How are you? Yeah, good morning, G. I, I don't know about that. I don't know about oh, that, man. you, too. I'll just tell you, where there's smoke, there's fire, man. It's just crazy what's going on out there. And the amount of people that feel like this is a potential. Now, I have to be honest. I was in the middle of all that. Uh, let's get Brett. Let's get Brett yep, stuff. Yep. And uh, it wasn't really me screaming that. It was Craig screaming that. Out well, that's one that lot. did happen. You're right. That's one that actually yeah, the did. The Brett happen. Favre thing happened. Yeah. When, when that happened, I was like, "You man, anything can happen. I mean, anything can happen." And that's the and that's the amazing thing. And we saw a lot of that last off season with the quarterbacks uh, in the NFL, whether it be Deshaun Watson ending up in. Cleveland, of all places, Russell Wilson being traded to Denver, although we kind of felt like 
where there was smoke there, there was fire. And I think that there's something about what what's going on now. And I may I are the Packers completely like exhausted dealing with Aaron Rodgers and all the stuff that Aaron Rodgers brings to the table, other than just being a great football player. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, and uh, you know he's complicated, as we've heard a thousand times out of Green Bay. So, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not saying that it is happening, but I, I wouldn't be surprised that it would happen. Uh, the Jets are are desperate. You know, they're desperate. They want a star in here, and I, you know, I heard the guys talking again yesterday. Lamar Jackson is not the answer here. Just not. I mean, like I don't un- I don't understand why people don't understand what type of offense. You know, Lamar Jackson runs and and how receivers don't really want to play with him. It's not that they don't appreciate him and think that he's a great player. It's just that he is a different type of player. Now, you tell me that Aaron Rodgers is coming here uh, and you said that, uh, you know, you ask, you know, Elijah Moore and, of course, Garrett Wilson and Corey Davis. Those guys would be ecstatic that he would be coming here. Yeah, well, of course. I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks we have ever seen. And, of course, he's lost a lot of big games at home in the playoffs, only has the one Super Bowl championship, but he's as talented as anybody who's played the position. But you talked about a couple of different guys who you know left last year or got traded last year, whatever it ended up being, big-name quarterbacks. And there were reasons that made sense to me why those guys ended up in different places. Now, the Broncos we talked about as a spot potentially for Aaron Rodgers last year, and that was one of the reasons why Nathaniel Hackett was the coach, because that looked like a team that had everything but a quarterback. And the Seattle Seahawks were not going to give Russell Wilson the extension that they wanted, or he wanted. So you got the Denver Broncos... They need a quarterback. They lose out on Aaron Rodgers. They're desperate to bring somebody in. They end up giving Russell Wilson the extension, and he wanted to go somewhere else because he wasn't going to get the money from there. So all that sort of lined up. You were even saying that before, that to see he wants an extension. I don't know if the Seahawks are going to give it to him. Deshaun Watson to the Browns, that's an easy one. The Browns gave him the most ridiculous contract in the history of the NFL. Now, those things made sense when we looked at the shrapnel and the rubble after those deals were made. How is Aaron Rodgers going to be on the Jets? How is that going to happen? Because he's getting paid more. If he stayed with the Packers, I'm sure he'd get paid the most amount of money because him moving and all everything else. And it just would be crazy if he went to another team. And if he's going to get traded, as Peter King said, it's going to be to an AFC team. And maybe the Jets is the only one that makes sense. Titans. Yeah, but I mean, they really don't have any weapons yeah, there. Other than the Titans might, might make sense, too. Okay, but I mean, I just don't see Aaron Rodgers going to and the, the Raiders, Jets. By the, and the Raiders, too, by the way. Like, I don't see him, right, that, that would be one that would make a little more sense to be Devontae Adams, Josh McDaniels, offensive mind, yada, yada, yada. But I just don't see Aaron Rodgers going, all right, I'm going to end my career in New Jersey at Florham Park and then play I know, at MetLife Stadium. I mean, did you ever think that Brett Favre would He do was that? a little more desperate and crazy, though. Like, I know that Aaron Rodgers is crazy, but Aaron Rodgers is crazy and they're like, the, I'm going to retire and become 
a yoga instructor crazy. Like Brett Favre was like, I'm going to play. I'm going to go where whoever wants me. I don't care. And I'm going to play and I'm going to get in your face and I'm going to do. And he still wanted he wanted to get to a division rival right. to really stick it to the Packers. And he ended up doing that in 2009, as we know. But like he that that those personalities between Favre and Rodgers, even though there's a lot of similarities at the end of their career, I don't see them as the same guy. You know, I kind of put this whole thing. So you could have had, last year you could have had Deshaun Watson or you could have had Russell Wilson. Now this year you may be able to get Aaron Rodgers or you may be able to get Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I I, I think that if Lamar ends up going to Atlanta, I, I could see that. I could definitely see that. I can't see him coming here to the Jets. But I can see Aaron Rodgers potentially coming here. Yes, I could see that. See, I could also see Lamar Jackson coming here because of the desperation that the Jets have. Now, I know the football reasons. I don't disagree with that. But I do think that the Jets are in a position, plus Joe Douglas's connection to the Baltimore Ravens. I could see them saying, all right, this guy is available now. Like, I'm going to go out there and and do it. Just again, remember it. That's an AFC team to an AFC team. Yeah. So that that may preclude that just simply because they don't want to see him in the playoffs. They don't want to see him during the regular season. And if they do send him to Atlanta, then, you know, I don't know what their crossover schedule is next year, but it's, on, you know, you're not going to see him every year. Yeah, I mean, and that's a different story if the Baltimore Ravens end up saying that I, I want him out of the conference. But then again, I mean, the Jets could be the team that ends up offering more than anybody else. And then they have to weigh that whole thing. But from a Jets perspective, I don't think that they've ruled out Lamar Jackson. I think that they've probably considered that. But I mean, I mean, right now the Jets have the 18th strongest draft power ranking going into the this year's draft. So they have only six draft picks: 13, 44, 75, and 112. So you take a look at that, and then you compare it to say the Las Vegas Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders have 11 picks: seven, nine, 39, 71. I mean, much more attractive if you if you really look at it. Um, you know, the Houston Texans also have a, a ton of draft pick. Uh, He's not capital. going to the Texans, though. I, I doubt it, but I'm just saying, I'm trying to give you, you know, what it would take to get him. And I just, I don't know if the Jets have exactly what it takes. They don't have a top 10 pick this year because of their modicum of success. And you would end up having to give future picks up as well. So I, you know, there there has to be a lot of things that are going on here. And by the way, Aaron Rodgers said it yesterday. He basically said, look, you know, I'm not going anywhere until I decide what I want to do. And what he wants to do is whether or not he wants to play football. And by the way, if you are getting him, are you getting a guy that is totally committed to to really trying to, to do something special with whatever team? Yeah. Uh, acquires him. Now, I think that's for sure. I wouldn't question that at all. I don't, I don't think he ends up at another organization and then just mails it in. I mean, that that would absolutely shock me. And I think that if his heart wasn't in it and he was done, he wouldn't come back. But to me, all the money that is still out there for him, I don't care how much money he's made in his career, I mean, that's got to be the reason why he comes back. You know, and then there's, you know, the thought that maybe, you know, how about the Dolphins and all that? Dolphins draft capital this year is virtually non-existent. They are the worst team going into the draft this year in terms of draft drafting and draft picks because they, they traded a bunch of it away last year for Tyreek Hill. They have the 52nd, the 78th, 85th, 178th, and 240th pick. That's basically bare bones yeah. when it comes to uh, draft capital. 
You know, I was trying to think, is there any way, is there any way, ready for this one? Sure. That either Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers could end up with the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys? Well, there's no way that Aaron Rodgers will because of what you just told me about the NFC-AFC thing. I mean... Tom Brady gets free to do what he wants at this point, right? So we could go wherever. The Dallas Cowboys. Are they done with Dak Prescott? Uh, I mean, I feel like Jerry Jones is a guy who generally hangs on to people too long, and he's not that impetuous owner, and he's stuck with Jason Garrett for too long, and he, he kind of hangs on to these guys. So I would be surprised if they were done with Dak Prescott. There is a potential out. There is a potential out after next year. Okay. In Dak's contract, but you know, again, these contracts, who knows what the hell they're worth and <laughs> and how they can get themselves out from underneath it. But I'm, I mean, you know, Jerry and Stephen Jones were supposed to have a press conference yesterday and it was canceled. Yeah, and there also was their radio interviews as well. Same right. thing. They canceled everything. What do, what do you think that's all about? Uh, I don't know if it means that they're getting rid of Dak Prescott. I mean, I probably think that they're bummed out and wanted to take a day, maybe so they weren't emotional and say stuff that they didn't mean. I don't know. Who knows? Um, but whenever they do speak, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I, I, I would be surprised if that were the case, if they moved on from Dak Prescott. Why, why, why would you be surprised? Because of what I just said about the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, they hung on to Jason Garrett forever. Ever when everybody wanted him out of there. And I feel like Jerry Jones is not the guy who makes like those rash, crazy decisions. And I think that he loves Dak. And if you're telling me, like, so you want to go, what's the alternative game that we always do? I don't think that Aaron Rodgers, I don't, the Green Bay Packers are not going to send Aaron Rodgers to the Dallas Cowboys. No way, no how. Now, Tom Brady going there, it's maybe, maybe he would want to, I mean, he's going to play somewhere. There's no doubt about it. Um, but th that more of a possibility, but I would have to know that that was like a real thing that Tom Brady wanted to play for the Cowboys. I'm, I'm just I telling that. you, I just, uh, I, I wonder, I really do because of what the Dallas Cowboys social media post was this week after the game against San Francisco. And then just thinking about the frustration of Jerry Jones thinking that he had a team and then. Unfortunately, Dak didn't play well against San Francisco, and you're thinking, you know, they may think. Now, sometimes you have to sit in this room, these rooms, and you have to say to yourself, "Do we actually have the guy behind center that is going to take us there?" Yeah, no. Do we have that guy? Now, is that Dak has been there for a long time, and they know him better than anybody, and I'm sure they they do respect him and like him. I'm just wondering, are they are they realizing that you know maybe this is the thing that's not going to get us to where we want to go, and that's the Super Bowl. Well, Jerry Recco said that Jerry Jones was going to die this offseason, so he probably doesn't really care next year who the quarterback is anyway. So I would think that this is more of a Stephen Jones thing than a Jerry Jones thing. Yeah. But I don't know. That's Some, just Sometimes it just requires something completely out of, out of the blue. Because that team has got a really good defense. They, yeah. they have a really good defense. And I think they have Micah Parsons, what, this is this is second year? Mm -hmm. So they don't have to pay him for another year. That's right. And, uh, you know, maybe one of those quarterbacks end up going there. Yeah, no, it's definitely an interesting thought for sure. I mean, I really thought I was going to come Would in here. Would you want Dak Prescott as your Jet quarterback? Yeah, I'd like him better than Derek Carr. I like him better than Zach Wilson or whoever else you could bring in at that point. Some of these other things, I mean, I would, I would obviously take Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson over him. 
but you could do worse than Dak Prescott. You really could, especially with the history of the quarterback position with the New York Jets. But I really thought this morning when I said, like, we got to stop this Aaron Rodgers nonsense, it's not going to happen, that you were going to be like, you're absolutely right, it's not going to happen. And then you gave me the, I don't know, man, I don't know, where there's smoke, there's fire. So now i got to believe that this is a thing. Yeah, well, I, I guess that Aaron Rodgers first has to decide whether or not he wants to play. I guess that's what everybody's waiting with, uh, you know, bated breath to see whether or not he wants to come back and get his $50 million a year. Like if you just said, like, the guys at the, the top of the NFL and in sports that are not East Coast people. He's not one of them. He's not one of them. That's right. What was Brett Favre? Was he an East Coast guy? No, but I, you're right. I mean, I know you keep bringing up that example. I just think that they're they're just they're Mr. different. Sean Watson, a Cleveland guy. But once again, I told you the reason why is because no one else was giving him that contract. That's why. But the, what do the Jets provide Aaron Rodgers that no one else can? That would be the question. Well, the other problem that that Aaron Rodgers would have is that you're coming to the AFC and there are already five top end quarterbacks. That you're going to be playing against in the AFC, starting with Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and of course Joe Burrow. Do you remember this? This was a long time ago with your buddy uh, Dan Marino. So when Dan Marino was done there and had retired with the Dolphins, Denny Green desperately wanted Dan Marino to play one more year with the Minnesota Vikings. And he thought about it, and they really pursued him, and it got close, and then he was like, nah, I'm not going to do it. That's sort of the way that I feel about Aaron Rodgers in this situation, because that's just not the fit. Like, that was not the fit for Dan Marino. This, the Jets is not the fit for Aaron Rodgers. I would just say that Dan, Danny was coming off of the Achilles and everything. He just wasn't the same player. You know, he, it just, he just wasn't. I, I, I can give you another example. I know that uh, Phil Sims, I think, I think it was Belichick who wanted Phil Sims in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the Giants unceremoniously let him go. Yeah. And uh, I think there was a thought where he, he was going to go. And then thought long and hard of it and said, you know, I just want to go with the ESPN and just retire as a Giant. Yeah. And that's what I think Aaron Rodgers, when thinking of everything, is going to say, I'm either going to play for the Green Bay Packers on this ridiculous contract or I get paid $50 million a year, or I'm going to retire. Think about Aaron Rodgers. He, he's made already... Almost, uh, over $300 million. Yeah. But you've told me many times before, you got to forget about that. You got $50 million next year, you're going to take the $50 million, no matter I, how much I, you got. I, I, listen, that makes total sense to me, but he's such a wild card. Yeah. You don't know. You know, you just you just don't know about what he's thinking and where his mind is at. But he has to tell Green Bay relatively quickly whether or not you want to, do you want to stay here and do you want to play here? Because if you don't, then we have to try to move you just so we can set our team up for next year. He owes him that at sure. least. Sure. And if he ends up wanting to play somewhere else, I mean, maybe he looked at Tom Brady's situation and said, look at that. You know, he ended up in the perfect place and then won a Super Bowl in that other place. And maybe that's what he's thinking. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning, brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com and brought to you by Jack Pocket. Play official state lottery games on your phone. Let's get to Aaron Rodgers with Pat McAfee. You guys just spent a whole bunch of time talking about him. He says, yes, he understands $59.6 million next year. Kind of unrealistic if he stays with the Packers. I don't think there'd be a scenario where I'd come back and that would be the number. I think it, it would definitely, definitely things would have to shift. Would have to shift and, I don't know, defer, who knows. They would restructure, rework the deal. Uh, that is if he comes back and if he is with the Packers. I thought this one was interesting, though, when he asks what he thinks that they think about him and his future in Green Bay. I think it's more just living in the reality of, of what is. And what is, is they drafted uh, my replacement. And if I didn't win two COVID MVPs, this conversation probably would have happened earlier. But in a year where I'm not going to win MVP... Uh, it allows for all the different conjecture. Um, is Jordan ready? Is it time to move on? I won two COVID MVPs? <laughs> what does he mean by that? I have no idea. I mean, he's, I don't know. He's a strange guy. Uh, I mean, but I do think. I mean, he also was drafted to be Brett Favre's replacement. Yes, he was. So he should understand Coming this. full circle. Yeah, I don't know. I but mean, I feel like he said this is what he said last year too. I know, and he ended up back there with this massive contract. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know what he's thinking. I just don't believe that he's going to end his career in a Jets uniform. I cannot see that. So I really is, is he going to I end can. his career in a Green Bay uniform? He wants to. That's what he said. I think that he will. So you, Jerry, you think he could end up with the Jets? I do. Yeah. You yeah. really? I, mean, I do too. Yes. Oh man. And I don't think it'd be a bad fact. I actually like the idea of mentoring Zach Wilson a little bit. He's 39. He knows he's not going there for 10 years. Well, of course. It, I mean, I, I know that it makes sense and the Jets would love it. I just, from his perspective, I just don't see him coming. Well, to, he's had it perfect in Green Bay for his entire career. I mean, like the anti-Jets is the Green Bay Packers. They have success every single sure. year. And I'll come back to what I've always said, because you imagine if he came here and had success? 
It would be amazing. I mean, he would be, you know. Yeah. For, there'd be statues all over the place. And here's the one thing. You want to talk about working with Zach Wilson? He was asked what he thinks of him as a quarterback. I think he's super talented. Uh, I think, you know, I think a little uh, humility is good for all of us at various times in our careers. And I think the first year they literally had no players. Um, they came and practice against us, and I was like, defense can play, and the offense needs some more players. Wait, so he was asked that in what context? Just like they're running through quarterbacks? Or so is he specifically to, talking un- about the Jets situation? Unfortunately for me to answer this question, I have to run through a 48-minute interview, yeah, right. which I will get to, um, but I was cutting Man. through other stuff, so I will find the exact question for you for mm, hopefully by 8.30. Well, the reason that I ask is because I want to see if McAfee's prodding I, about I, the yes. Jets. and like, a, Does he believe that's a thing, too? Yes, I would have to go watch the entire interview to get an answer for you. Man, oh man. But I did think it was interesting. They're talking about him. I like him. Yeah. Would you like to help him along? And then Wilson might be in perfect shape to take over then in a couple of years and ready. <sighs> it's interesting. Joe and Namath wants him here. You can have my number. I don't want to get excited about this because it would be exciting for me twofold. One, he'd be out of my division for the team I root for for the first time in forever, which would be awesome because I think Jordan loves stinks and it'd just be great to get him out of there. <laughs> and then two, the drama that we would yes, have we'll here. I remember when Favre came here, it was wild. Oh, man, this would be awesome. But I, I can't get excited. I cannot get myself excited No, no, excited of course not. It. It's all speculation at this point. Yeah. But it could be very real if reports are true that say the Packers are open to trading him, but only to an AFC team. We'll see. Sunday, the Eagles take on the Niners' NFC title game. A couple of things here. Number one, remember last week Nick Sirianni was talking about on the bye week watching the games and mm-hmm. he was eating Pizza Hut? That's right. Yeah, so it's stuffed crust. You yeah. had an issue with that? Yes. Uh, he was asked about that uh, for the Cowboys' Niners this week, which he was obviously able to watch. We're also going to need an update on what your food of choice was for the uh, Niners-Cowboys team. Little Caesars. Um, the, uh, yeah, Little uh, little Caesars this time. Yeah, so you know why he said that? No. Is there a story to this now? Well, this is my theory. Are they a sponsor of the Eagles? No, no, they're a, the official pizza of the NFL. So what I think happened was he mentioned this stuffed crust pizza hut thing. He ripped for it. And he said, what the hell are you doing? Little Caesars pays the NFL 80 gazillion dollars. So now when he's asked about it, he goes, oh, Little Caesars. Definitely Little Caesars. I thought Papa John's was. I think it was. I think it's Little Caesars. Aren't they all the same thing? Just like an, under a different name. It's Little Caesars because uh, Matthew Stafford is doing that pizza pizza. Yeah. yeah. Like, who cares? Like, we don't, we don't order that stuff around here. Exactly. We just don't do that. We don't have to do that. I didn't think he did that in, or anybody did that in Philadelphia either, but apparently they did. Uh, you know, that's, that's Philly, it's New York. I mean, like, I would, I would, I don't know. <laughs> this is what we're worried about now, what he's eating. During, during <laughs> oh, it's fun and light. It's Wednesday. Right, There's exactly. nothing else going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like we're worried about it. It's just a conversation. You know? Now, a serious thing would be C.J. Gardner-Johnson, their safety, who had his car stolen. Um, I don't know if this was during the game, the night of the game, but it was right around that time. And he was in complete disbelief as he posted uh, on his Instagram page. Let's see if I got it here. Wow. Wait, where was that Eagle? That's how y'all getting down? In Philly, y'all still after a win? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there's still cars here too, uh, CJ, so don't worry about it. It's kind of like a, a... a rash that has basically been growing uh, for the last five years. He does yeah. say that he's aware who did it. I know exactly who stole my shit. 
bro? <laughs> because he said there were cameras there. Oh, okay. So, don't know if he's true or not, but we'll see. Yeah, did you see what's going on? It's happened like several times in Nassau County now where it's women who drive large, expensive SUVs that drive into the gas station and then they get out, start pumping the gas, because in New York you have to pump your own gas. And then someone sneaks in because they leave the keys in the car. And they sneak into the car and then take off yep. while the woman is there pumping the gas. Yeah, great. Oh my God, man. Yeah. And there were, yeah, it's just, it's, it's like, unbelievable. There's videos. It is unbelievable. I know. And you just see these like videos, these cars taken off and like these women like, whoa! And the gas, the thing's stuck in the car and it's a disaster. Can you, can, you know, people are scum, man. Yeah, you yeah, things wrong yeah. with people. Yeah. Oh, come on. Yep. Really? God darn. Okay. Anyhow, uh, Chiefs Bengals, obviously the AFC title game. Hey, how about the Knicks last night? Four game losing streak, gone. Randall, three pointer. Julius Randall from way downtown. That his career high of eight threes. A 36 point night for Randall. Knicks back on top of under two to play. Yeah, put him up 103 100. They would hold on for the 105 103 win as they beat the Cavaliers, Breen, and Clyde on MSG. Also on MSG was Randall himself after the game. 36 points, 8 of 12 from 3. Also had 13 rebounds. He said he took the threes because, quite frankly, they were there. Just take what the game gives me. You know, not relying on one or the other. Uh, just playing. Uh, three balls felt good today. Uh, so obviously, I was going to take them. And I mentioned the losing streak. That was four in a row going into this game. Tom Thibodeau, happy to see that come to an end. Sometimes the ball goes your way, sometimes it doesn't, but come in, be consistent, play with urgency, um, and then they don't stop. You know, we can't feel too good about it. we got to go to Boston tomorrow, and we got to get ready for them. They can at least feel good about it for one night. R.J. Yeah. Barrett hit a few threes. He scored twice. They beat uh, Cleveland and Donovan Mitchell, so that's good. That's right, and the only time that I can actually think that Donovan Mitchell and I would have a similar experience athletically happened last night. Oh, well, he got his groin locked up. Yeah, right. So as he's going <laughs> up for a dunk, his entire body locks up. Like, ah! <laughs> and he falls to the ground. Hartenstein's there, and that was really embarrassing. So I'm like, yes. that would happen to me. And he's just back from injury. Yeah. And so that happened to him last night. Nick's now 26 and 23 on the season. Clippers beat the Lakers 133, 115, 46 for LeBron James in this game. First things first, just trying to do his part, though. They lost. They were to make a few shots tonight, you know, to try to help us um, stay in the game. I mean, the Clippers, they are really good, except, um, exceptionally good when they, when they shoot the three ball, you know. And, uh, you know, tonight they did that. I mean, they. They made 19 threes, uh, 70% from the three-point line. And I know, yeah, fine. I know he's been on a few different teams, but this is still pretty cool. The only player ever to score 40 points against every team in the NBA. It's incredible. That's kind of neat. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, one of the all-time greats for sure. Just adding, I mean, when you're the only person to do something, then you know you've done it right. That is pretty good. Nets in Philadelphia tonight. Kevin Durant will start working on the floor again, I think as soon as today. will be reevaluated in two weeks. But he did say yesterday that uh, sitting out is really killing him. I want to play tomorrow if I can. So that's that's what my sense of urgency is. Uh, uh, Obviously, I don't want to rush anything. I want to make sure I'm 100%. But... Yeah, I want to play. I want to play as many games as I can. Well, again, evaluated again in two more weeks. Uh, also from basketball, Rutgers did beat Penn State last night 65-45, and the streak is over. 
the streak has come to an end for Georgetown, and their radio guy is pretty fired up. Out of the backcourt, putting up a jumper off the back of the rim, no good. Zion Cruz, Hoyas win it, Hoyas win, 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 Georgetown finally gets off the schneid. Did he do that like 29 times for the amount of losses they had? I have no idea. It wasn't 29. It wasn't three. It was 20. Oh, it was 23. I counted. Oh, wow. Okay. So Just now you counted? Yes. So what? Did you what know that was coming? No. I counted MILFs yesterday. <laughs> that was 28. <laughs> this was 23. Hoyas win. Well, I, I heard it on, uh, you know, Sports Center with uh, SVP. Oh, yeah. Okay. So. I was aware of what was okay. coming, but right. I didn't know what Jerry was So, 23 play. times. So That's what he said, yeah. But it was a 29-game losing streak going in the Big East going back to March of 2021. So, they're 1-9 now in the <laughs> conference. Good for them. And he did say at the end, congratulations, Patrick Ewing, who you got to feel terrible for because they've lost a lot of close games. But, yeah, they did win uh, 81-76 as they beat DePaul. Tonight, number 19, UConn faces number 13, Xavier. And you got St. John's playing at Creighton. Scott Rowland voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, um, this is brutal. And, again, these are accusations, so don't know. But the mother of Mike Clevenger's 10-month-old daughter has accused him of domestic violence and child abuse. She claims he threw an iPad at her while she was pregnant, strangled her, and threw used chewing tobacco on their child. Uh, there's more there. It is a brutal accusations, as you can imagine. He a lot of this was when he was with the Padres. He's now a member of the White Sox. Um, what else? What else? Well, Devils Golden Knights last night. A late goal from Dougie Hamilton to get the game even. And our guy Matt Lachlan is back for the game winner. Jews in the center circle. Across the line, looks up, tries to duck under a check. It comes free, and they score! The puck comes to Hamilton between the circles, drives one home. It's another overtime game winner for Dougie Hamilton, and the Devils win 3-2. to Oh, <laughs> sing it to me, Matty. Uh, Matt Lachlan, Devils Radio. So I know they had a little rough stretch there for a while, but they all of a sudden have won seven of their last eight. They beat the Golden Knights in overtime 3-2, for New Jersey this season. <laughs> the Rangers are in Toronto and the Islanders skate in Ottawa. All right, thank you, Jerry. It's Boomer and Geo coming to you live from the Bill Ford Tough Studio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, Bruin Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Going to take you back to Sunday night. Cowboys 49ers third quarter. Game tied at 9. 527 left to go in the quarter. It's first and 10. And what happened after that was that George Kittle crazy bobbling up in the air catch that really changed what happened in that game because up until that point, the San Francisco 49ers had not scored a touchdown. They were struggling offensively probably more than they had the entire year and especially with Brock Purdy there. And they you know, were driving and this was a critical moment in the game that ended up leading to their first touchdown of the game. So this to me was easily one of the top three biggest plays of the game, if not the biggest play Well, I mean, if game. this were a giant game, you'd say this was the play of the game. What, 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 oh, was the turning for the Giants. Turning, turning point, point, point of the game. This would definitely be the turning point in the game. Yes, and it was the first time you really had a big play from that 49ers offense. So, yesterday, what is circling, circling around, circulating around social media is the fact that that play should have never happened because George Kittle was an ineligible receiver. Because of the way the 49ers lined up in their formation. Yes, so you can explain it better than me. Right, so basically what ends up happening is that there's a, normally, how do I put this? So normally in the huddle, we'll either call trips formation where there will be a wing back off the tight end. And the wing back would be back behind the tight end where his head would be splitting the tight end's waist, in other words. And you could clearly delineate the fact that he is off the line of scrimmage and he is not covering up the tight end. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Yep. The moment that he inches towards the 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 uh, the, the um, line of scrimmage, now all of a sudden there is the debate as to whether or not that tight end is covered up. And if he is covered up, which I checked in, in a number of different places yesterday just to see if, if this is how it would be ruled. Um and in the eyes of Gene Steratore, our uh, rules official expert for CBS, right. I sent him this. Well, who has officiated a Super Bowl, by the way, oh, and yeah. did it for 20 years. So this guy knows what he's talking about. So Gene basically sent back to me that this was a, an egregious error by the officials. This should have never happened. And essentially that, you know, that George Kittle was covered up on the play. All right. So CBS Sports Network right, has it now. So, so you see 44 is on the end of the line. Debo Samuel's off the ball like he's supposed to be. But 44 is supposed to be off the ball, too. Mm-hmm. Now, Coach Cower thinks, because I sent it to Coach Cower, too. Yeah. Coach Cower thinks that 44 is off the ball. What do you think when you look at it? 
I think that he's right there on the line of scrimmage, and that Kittle is covered up by the defensive line. So Kittle's hand is on the 20-yard line. Mm-hmm. 44's hand, Yushchak, is is off by six inches. His hand is not touching the line of scrimmage. It's actually off six inches. So in Coach Cower's mind, that's an uncovered, uh, that's, an un- that's, a, that's a legal formation. In Gene Steratore's mind, that is an illegal formation. And by that formation, 85 no longer becomes eligible. Because people were wondering why why in the world is a defensive lineman running down the field with George Kittle? That's right. That was what we were talking about on Monday. Yep. And that's the reason why. Because he was covering him up on the line of scrimmage. Now, the exact, because you sent me the exact text that Gene Steratore sent you. He said uh, he's a covered receiver, meaning Kittle. So he's ineligible. It's a foul for ineligible downfield or illegal touching. Not sure how you missed that as 44 is right next to him and both are on the line of scrimmage. Exactly. So I just wanted to make sure that I had confirmation of what people you know, were talking about out there. And I, so I think what happens here is that Kyle Shanahan is a brilliant offensive mind. And I remember Sam Weiss used to do this with us. And they skirt the rules. They know what the rules are. They know... And normally, the side judge or the line judge would come up to the offensive huddle and say, hey, 44, back off a little bit further. That's You're too close to the line of scrimmage. But in this case, that may have been, would have, that may have been said after the play. But the fact is, is that this player that touches the ball in the eyes of Gene Steratore, and in my eyes as well, is an ineligible receiver. Yeah. And, and they did not call it. Right, and I'm obviously going to trust Gene Steratore on this. And by the way, there, you know, there's a million of these plays that happen all across the league every weekend. And these are hard things to really, really look at. And to make sure, like I, I, like if I were doing the analysis of the game in real time, I don't necessarily know that I would see that. But then again, I'm not trained to see that as an official is trained to see that. Sure. Now, they didn't, during the broadcast, nobody brought it up. The official that is in the booth there with Pereira, I guess it is, with Fox. Nobody mentioned any of it. So, I mean, it is tricky. I mean, it's a it's a complicated rule. It's not like a, a normal pass interference or a holding that we all know yeah. what it looks like. Do you remember the Baltimore-New England playoff game up in Gillette Stadium where Baltimore was winning the game and all of a sudden the second half, uh, you know, the offense of the New England Patriots started coming out with all these different formations. Yeah, I mean, it was a loophole in the rule book, right? Right, and they were going really, really quick in and out of the huddle. So um, Baltimore had a really hard time identifying who was eligible, who was ineligible, and they kept going back and forth with this. And John Harbaugh was going, he was crazed on the sideline. He was incensed to the point where he ended up calling a timeout. Uh, in one of these uh, situations where he could just grab a hold of his defense and, and also yell at the officials. And then what came out of that game was now you see officials holding the snap of the ball so the defense can identify what the offense is doing in terms of formations and personnel groups on the field. So there was a reaction to after that game. And anytime, I always say anytime there's a reaction after a game, that means what was happening in the game was was not breaking the rules but was skirting the rules. Yeah, and so if Kyle Shanahan is asked about this, and he may be asked about this, he'll probably point to the fact that Juszczyk's hand is a little bit farther back from the line of scrimmage. But that's not. That's that's really not the. The rule is not that. Okay. The rule. The rule. Like Juszczyk has got to be back. Like his head has got to be back, and there's got to be a clear delineation. Now, 
it, it it's it's amazing because if you're if you're gonna look at the right tackle, McClinchy for the 49ers in this formation, he's further back than Juszczyk is. Well the, well, the, well, the left tackle is. Not even the right tackle. But I'm saying the right tackle. tackle and the left tackle are both yeah. uh, back away from the line of right, look, look how far back. I mean, Trent Williams and Juszczyk's heads are about the same place, but Trent Williams' body is, is farther back. And and by the way, Juszczyk's helmet is touching, you would say, or in line with the shoulder pads of, uh, Kittle. of George Kittle. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's... The, you could either say hats off to Kyle Shanahan, or you could say bad job by the officials. But either way, the biggest play in the game, you know, probably shouldn't have happened because that's a penalty. Yeah, I, it's you know, it's amazing. So I got I got Coach Cower on one thread, yeah. I got Gene Steratore on the other thread because I didn't want to put them both on the same thread because I didn't want them, yeah, kind of talking beforehand and then sending me something like they both agree on. Yeah. So I just wanted to see how the the Yinzers were going to look at this because. <laughs> I think football was born in, in Pittsburgh. Sometimes they yeah. feel that way. And Coach Cower saw it one way, and, and Gene, Steratore, Gene Steratore saw it another way. You like separating the witnesses. Right. So you know what this means? This means that we could have a meeting on Saturday where they come to blows. Oh, no. Oh, it gets heated in these situations. Yeah. Yins are on yins are yins crime. Yins are on yins are crime. Well, who's in the Hall of Fame? Who isn't? That's true. Coach Cower. Good Cower. point. with Coach Cower. Oh wow! It's so funny listening to those guys talk because they argue all the time over over like stuff like this. Oh, I'm sure all the time. It's their lives, man. Yeah, and they lived it, you know. Yep. yep. And coach could appreciate exactly what I believe Kyle Shanahan was doing. Boring Geo coming to you live, the Bill Ford Tough Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. I really feel that one of these games, championship weekend is a lock. I just feel it today on Wednesday and it's because of what you said in your sports minute. And I know that maybe it's like the obvious thing at this point and you saw the line swing, but I could not be more confident in the Cincinnati Bengals winning this football game. You know what? I, I appreciate you listening to the sports minute. Thanks, man. Of course. Well, now I know. So when we go to the sportsman and I put the speaker up in the studio and I stay silent and I make sure that I take it in and I see is there anything there that we could talk about. And I said, you know what, there is. And I just, for many reasons, one, the way that this defense played against the Buffalo Bills, first and foremost, especially that defensive line, dominating up front. I would say, though, more options for Kansas City throwing the ball down the field. And... They do have a power running game with Isaiah Pacheco, the kid out of Rutgers. Right. They do have that. that, that the, 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 the Bills don't have that. That is true, 100%. But Patrick Mahomes being compromised is the difference. It just is. Now, I know that you know someone like you is not downplaying it because you played the position with that exact injury. But there's a lot of people out there like, listen, he's going to play. And they're going to put him in some sort of cast. They're going to do whatever. And it's not going to matter because it's Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, if he's going to be out there, he's going to be out there and make a difference. No, he's not going to be himself. And the the Chiefs out of the four teams left have the worst defense out of those four teams. And they're not going to be able to compensate for that Patrick Mahomes injury. If he is not himself, they can't beat the Bengals. And by the way, as we know, they can't beat the Bengals even when he is healthy. Because Joe Burrow has beat Patrick Mahomes every single time that they have faced one another. I mean, it's not because of Patrick. I think Patrick plays well, although, you know, he didn't have a great second half in the AFC Championship game last week, I think, or last year, because 
I think Lou Anarumo, the man from Staten Island, the defense coordinator for the Bengals, uh, did a good job of kind of changing things up in the second half. And I think Andy Reid also played uh, into the Bengals' hands at the end of the first half last year in the AFC Championship game when he decided to listen to his players and he went for it as opposed to kicking a field goal and he gave momentum to the Bengals going in at halftime. So uh, there's no question in my mind that Patrick Mahomes will be compromised um, and he will be significantly compromised. Remember, you know, part of his game is his movement aspect to his game, whether it be in the pocket or outside of the pocket. And I just, they could shoot him up, I guess, but it's not going to last the entire game. Uh, and after he got hurt last week, we I saw he was struggling. He was struggling to, to get to the handoff points, uh, especially for those outside zone runs. And he was also struggling with his accuracy. Yeah, I mean, and this is an injury that when people normally get it, they don't play the next week. They don't finish games. They are out for weeks. And as we mentioned yesterday, we've seen examples like Tua, who got these high ankle sprains and actually had surgery to correct it. So, I mean, obviously he can't have surgery, Patrick Mahomes. He's got to play through this because it's a playoff game. But if this were the regular season, he'd be out for multiple weeks. Well, the other thing, too, is you also remember, he's playing a violent sport. And like I said, in that sports minute, can you protect yourself? And, you know, is he going to be running with the football? Are they going to be doing the bootlegs? Are they going to be doing any of those things that, you know, <laughs> I don't think he's going to be able to do? And I think he woke up Monday morning. That thing probably blew up on him. And, of course, he's not going to practice this week. He'll keep his foot elevated. They'll have ice on it. They'll have the compression sleeves on it. They'll try to do everything they can to minimize some of that, uh, some of that swelling in there. But those tendons in there are still hurt. They're still stretched or who knows? Maybe there is a detachment. You never know. I mean, they're not going to tell us. No, no way. And they, they set him in for x-rays for a reason. Yeah, I mean, because they thought maybe he broke his leg like Tony Pollard had broke his, broken his leg later in the day. Right, exactly. Let's go to Jason in Westfield. Jason, what's happening? Booger, that was the greatest sports minute I've ever heard. That's what I'm talking about, Jason. I appreciate that. While there it was like I don't want to say you were phoning it in, but I think I think they only gave you like eleven seconds of your of your sports minute, so you'd say something like, "Hey, Serena Williams played to a packed crowd last night." I'm going to Yeah, like, I don't do I don't do I don't do that, man. I, I actually but try to go in depth one, as best I can. This was fantastic. I waited for it. You came in and you're talking about your. You're kind of diluting it now because you're talking about it on air, but. Yeah. I, I just wanted to, I had to call up. I was so excited about it. And I want to let you know. We appreciate you every day, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate it, Jace. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. See, there are people out there. That I, I don't listen to the sports minutes. They're useless. <laughs> they really are. I don't care how well they're written. They're just, uh, they do nothing. Yep, yeah. that was uh, branded Tierney, yep. by the way, of Tiki. Sometimes the sports minutes can be, you know, yes. eh, a waste of time. A little bit. <laughs> a little <laughs> bit. No offense to the guys that are giving them, but <laughs> sometimes they are. Yeah, and that was Joe and Evan crushing yeah. the sports minutes years ago. So. Hey, you know, they took 30 seconds away from it. What can I tell you? That's right. And you're still jamming in all that pertinent <laughs> oh, information. jamming it in there. You know it, man. <laughs> that is right. Um, so, yeah, this is going to be a big deal for Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think that the Cincinnati Bengals, I think they steamroll him. I do. I, I don't know about that, But he is, uh, you know, he is superhuman. There's no question about that. The kid is an awesome, awesome player. But he is going to be compromised 100%. I thought that the I like the Bengals in this matchup, even if Patrick Mahomes were healthy, I would still pick the Bengals. So now that the fact that he's not, I mean, I have to love the Bengals. So these are these are the, the, the games where you do miss Tyreek Hill 
on the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he's on the Chiefs, then you know the potential for a big play happens pretty much every play. Um, and you know, Travis Kelsey's doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Uh, they have quality wide receivers. I wouldn't say they're game breakers like Tyreek Hill is, or Devontae Adams is, or Justin Jefferson is. But um, but Patrick lifts everybody up. That's what makes him the quarterback that he is. And and but being compromised, it's very difficult to do that. Yeah, and I'm starting to lean Philadelphia at this point, even though I've been all over the 49ers. But I'm just I'm I'm thinking it could change, and I, I vacillate every single day. But I just feel like. Brock Purdy has not seen a team like this on the road since he took over. He's only played two games on the road, and both were against sec, you know questionable defenses. Exactly. So now you're talking about this that very very good secondary for the Philadelphia Eagles. That that to me is the the pressure point that you guys talk about on CBS. The pressure point. The eye vision. Hey, though the wide the wide receivers versus their defensive backs, the Eagles wide receivers versus their defensive backs. But then again, I'd also say, who the hell's blocking Nick Bosa? Yeah, that who too. the hell is blocking Nick Bosa? Because the right tackle in Philadelphia has struggled, and that guy, you see him, he is like in a track stance. It's <laughs> he's, amazing. He's coming out of his out of his position, and he has this ability to contort his body to get around. And if he can't get around, then he has this other ability to stand up and spin. Inside, it's amazing. My eyes are on him the entire time. Like when before the ball is snapped, I'm just watching him because he looks. He just looks different than everybody else. That's right. I mean, it's just it's incredible watching him. And by the way, Al, uh, it's still going to be 12 degrees on Sunday. Did you uh, do you have any update on the poll that you put out there for the hat I should wear? Well, I can't. You, unfortunately, still with Twitter, Elon Musk hasn't figured this out yet. You can't put a picture and a poll. So I had just put the pictures up. All right, so. Can you get get to Elon and let him know? Yeah, I would. I would love to. I mean, he can set a rocket in, in into space, but we can't figure out how to put a picture and a poll together. Correct. Yeah. Not well, good. What are we doing? Do you have? I mean, you're gonna have to order one of these hats soon, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I, I've got some opportunities. You've got some opportunities. Yes, I or I guess some options. I should say that you already possess. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I, I think I'm. You know. I think I may go Dale of Norway. Okay. With a very fancy design, I hope. Well, the, with a very nice wintry design, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. You can't just go, like, solid color. you got to go with one of those those designs. That I'm we thinking saw. about it. Okay. Let's go. This is a big moment for you. Why is it? It's only the last three years have been the same moment. But you've gone viral each of the last two. I try to do my best. So you had the headband and the sunglasses viral moment. Yep. And then you had the, whatchamacallit, Walker Hayes viral moment. Yes. So now we got to do this again. We got to keep the streak going. Got to try to stay viral somehow. Well, I got viral last week. You did get viral last week. Yes. With, uh, with Matt, Ryan. Matt Ryan. Yes. Yeah. And you also got a stomach virus when you were out of Kansas City as well. <laughs> going to try to stay out of those porta potties. Uh, let's go to Chris and Franklin Lake. What's up, Chris? Hey, how you guys doing? What's up, man? Uh, so I may have a silly question, but I figured I'd have to ask Boomer this question. So when they are practicing, do they have like refs and everything like that to like, bear, you know, like they would have in the field to make sure they're not, you know, to yeah, well, get yeah, during during, during training camp, uh, there are officials in all the practices, and especially when they get into team uh, situations, and they they also have a lot of meetings as to what the emphasis or the rules are going to be. During the regular season, what I remember, we used to have retired officials come in and officiate practice and 
just to make sure everybody's lined up right, everybody's knowing what they're doing and you know what a penalty is and what a penalty isn't. So, yes, I would say for the most part, there are retired officials involved in some practices. Okay, yeah, because I was just curious about that because you were talking about that before and, like, you know, you see everyone making, you know, some minor mistakes here and there and you're like, well, you know, if they're practicing so much, is anyone catching this stuff or are they just, you know, or this is only purely on the field? Well, that right? would be the officials themselves you're talking about as opposed to the players. I, you know, look, I that play that we just discussed about whether or not George Kittle was an eligible or ineligible wide receiver is a really, really ticky-tacky, very, very close situation and the coach sees it one way coach Gower sees it the other way the official sees it the completely gene steratore completely different than coach Cower. yeah and gene steratore is the one who did it for a living for a very long time and it is real i mean it is really close i mean you could sit there and say okay his hands not on the 20 yard line which is not the line of scrimmage by the way the line of scrimmage is the 21 yard line mm-hmm. and you could see how everybody seems to be lined up in a line, all aligned with each other. Yeah. Both on the line of scrimmage. And by the way, the right tackle, McClinchy, it seems to be farther back from the line of scrimmage than Kyle Juszczyk, the guy on the top of the screen. Right. And also, there was a guy that was, you know, covering up George Kittle at that point, which is another part So of basically, it. what they're saying is that Juszczyk, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and Brandon Ayuk. All right, well, actually, they're saying Juszczyk, um, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, and Brock Purdy are the four guys off the line of scrimmage. But Juszczyk is not off. The, in my eyes, he's not off the line of scrimmage. All right, let's go to Nick in New Jersey. What's up, Nick? Boomer and Geo. Good morning. What's up, man? No, you know, I, 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 uh, I got to tell you, G, I disagree with you completely about how much sense Aaron Rodgers to the Jets makes. Okay. I, I've been saying this. I've been off for Zach Wilson for a long Rodgers has been the guy I want the most. I think the relationship between Salah and the floor could play a big factor, number one. And number two, after the Jets beat them in Lambeau, Rodgers was out of his way to compliment the young talent on the Jets. I think the fact that they're in the AFC and have the draft capital, I think it's a perfect fit. And not to mention that Rodgers has the biggest ego of any quarterback we've seen in a long time. If he's saying to himself, well, the Packers drafted my replacement, you know what? I could be that guy in New York. I could be the guy who gets the Jets to a Super Bowl. Yeah, what do you mean by the relationship with Salah and LaFleur? Meaning like Matt, meaning Matt LaFleur, not Mike LaFleur, right? Matt LaFleur, yes. Right, okay. So you think that, that Matt LaFleur is going to want to help out Rob Sala with this? No, what I think is if they're going to trade Rodgers at all, the fact that the Jets are in the AFC helps the most, but the fact that there is that relationship there could also help. Okay. I, I mean, would think that it could hurt. <laughs> I mean, Matt LaFleur saying, like, you really want this guy? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, th- listen, if you want Aaron Rodgers on the Jets and you're a Jets fan, you're going to spin this in a positive way. I, I just, as-, as weird as Aaron Rodgers is, I just cannot see him wanting to end his career here. I just don't. That's the biggest hurdle. I understand why the Jets would want him. I would understand why Woody Johnson would give the green light as far as paying the money and the compensation to get him if Joe Douglas believes that it's the right thing to do. All of those things... I think the Jets would do. I just can't see Aaron Rodgers sitting around talking to whatever his, you know, Soleil Moonfry or whatever the hell his girlfriend's name is. Uh, and Soleil Moonfry? 
Soleil Bonfry, really? Well, I don't know. I mean, that's just, he's got a girlfriend with a strange name, right? She was a witch or whatever. But I can't see the two of them sitting around. No, I think they're done. I think oh, they're the witch is done? Yeah, I think, I believe. Well, no, wait a minute. That was Shailene Woodley. I think they're done. Yeah, 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 yeah. She came out and talked about it. But she wasn't the witch. Right. I know. Uh, was Blue was her name. Oh, Blue. yeah, yeah. Blue of the Soleil Earth. Soleil Moonfry. How did you get Soleil Moonfry from Blue? I don't know. I just, that's what a name that popped in my head. Soleil Moonfry? It's a real person. That is? Yeah. Soleil Moonfry is a real person. Yeah, she was Punky Brewster. Yeah. There you go. Uh, See? Uh, God, uh, thanks for keeping me up to date, guys. Yeah. Uh, by the way, well, Punky so. Punky Brewster was on like three years ago, so. Whatever. <laughs> so, uh, you have Seattle trading Russell Wilson to Denver. So, remember what Denver gave up to get Russell Wilson. They gave up a 2022 fourth round pick, okay? The Seahawks also received Bronco players Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, and Noah Fant. They also received five draft picks, including first and second rounders in 22 and 23. Yeah, but the age difference is significant there, too, because you're not going to expect Aaron Rodgers to play as many years as Russell Wilson. And then on top of all of that, they had to give him a new contract. Yeah. That might go down as one of the worst trades in NFL history behind Herschel Walker. And how about the Deshaun Washington, Watson trade? Yeah. All Remember right. That one? If you'd like to call it up, sure. Would you I'm like just to trying to think of what you think the Jets are going to give to get Aaron Rodgers. Well, it's a little bit different with these guys, though, because they're younger. The Browns, res- uh, let me see. The Browns uh, got a Watson and a 2024 six-round draft choice. Okay, Bob. The Texans are going to receive a 2022 first-round pick, number 13 overall. 2023 and 2024 first-round picks. A 2022 fourth-round choice, a third-round pick in 2023, and a fourth-round pick in 2024. Yeah, Peter King said that his guess was that the Packers would want at least two first-round picks. Peter King? Is what he said, yes, Peter King. At least? At least, <laughs> yeah. For a guy who's, what, 38 years old now? Yeah, well, it's going to be a lot more than that. But if you're the Jets, I mean, it's maybe something you can't pass up. Well, it's a Hall of Famer in waiting. Right. And if you feel like you're close and you could win the championship for the first time since Super Bowl three, you pull the trigger. on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Don't ask me why. I have no idea, but I was just drawn to something just now. Uh, has this ever happened to you where you're like, you haven't done something ever, and then like you're like, you know what, I'm just going to go into the break room, and I'm going to open up these refrigerators to see what's in these refrigerators. And the scene in there is post-apocalyptic. It is the grossest. We're in the Steve Summers break yes. room? Yes. Really? Oh, they're it, awful. It is, it's so bad I ran and got Boomer to go take a look at it himself. It is. Oh, I got to go look. You know what it is? It's embarrassing, Jerry. It's, it's both, embarrassing. Open up both of them, by the way, because yeah. there's two of them. Both I mean, of them. One's worse have, than the other. I mean, you have, first of all, it looks like there's black mold in there. Yes, exactly. Second of all, you have things that have been in the freezer aspect of the refrigerator that seemed to be frozen into the refrigerator. <laughs> That's yep. how long these things have been there. There's a little plastic bag filled with pasta that has been engulfed by the ice in the refrigerator. It's like glaciation covering a mammoth. And you, <laughs> yes. That, that's exactly what it is. And if you try to get it out, you can't get it out. I swear, there is nothing worse 
than a disgusting refrigerator at work. It's so bad. Because even the back in the commissary, that thing is filthy. I mean, it's so, and, th and th that's filthy, and then this, these two are even worse. And then the black crap, and then the orange crap that's in there, and then there's like this bag, this frozen bag of grilled chicken. It's just, and then someone's leftovers that I swear have been in there, because it's like a to-go box. They've probably been in there for eight months. And opening at that least, up. At least that or even prior to the uh, pandemic. Yeah, maybe. I would actually, I'm, I'm curious to open that, that box up and see I, what's in there. I'm going to take those things and I'm going to say we throw them out the window. Well, you've got to be careful about who's down well, below Well, just there. make sure somebody's not down. You know, we'll send Eddie downstairs and then we'll just throw it out the window. <laughs> you know, we actually could pull that off because the windows are so large here. Yes. But I just think that that's I, too I, dangerous. I do think that's illegal. I remember my teammates threw out a, a Coke machine out of uh, Ellicott Hall 7th floor. <laughs> they somehow were able to shimmy that thing through the window and <laughs> bang. Bang. I don't want, I had nothing to do with it. I don't think those refrigerators are salvageable. I don't think that even no. with a good clean and a de-icing, those things are salvageable. No, I, I think they need to be thrown out. And, uh, you know, we can we can make that happen. Yeah. Sure. I, I'm trying to think, in front of whose office do we have to put them in order to get them thrown out? Probably Spikes or the Architects. Or one in, there's two of us, put one in uh, one and yeah, one in sure. the other. Yeah, and then as it starts to melt, it's going to get even more rancid uh, and the like, things would you, in there. Like, you, would Yousef take care of something like that? Would he I, throw no, those no, things no. out? No, no, no. Listen, he... I don't want him to have to take he, care of something he, like that. I don't want him to clean it. I definitely don't want him to clean it, but definitely he could come up here... With one of those hand trucks, yeah, and get them the hell out of here and throw them out. I mean, he's seen worse. He saw that big poop firework explosion on the wall, so that is worse. Yeah, but this is just Jerry. Your thoughts? I think post-apocalyptic is a little bit of a stretch. Uh, the one is the one's not that big. It doesn't need to be clean. The second one is pretty gross. There's sausage frozen into the ice, <laughs> and there was a uh, tub of butter. That was frozen into the ice. They <laughs> could not. And then there was a French dressing from April of 2021. That was the expiration date. So let me ask you a question. Who are the slaps that use those I things? don't know. I, our slaps yes. from our radio station. You don't use it. No. I don't use it. No. You don't. No, absolutely not. Al and Eddie, you guys do not use those refrigerators. No. Eddie, I know you have your medicine in your own refrigerator. Yeah, here, I right? need a refrigerator for the insulin. But yeah. we have. But that's a second generation in our office, which Al bought. Because we had one, but that our door used to be open all the time, so people used to put stuff in there. And of course, our former uh, partner Craig, with the you know ordering Chinese food at four o'clock in the morning, and stuff would just get in. And then ours got so bad that if you when I used to have to open it to get my insulin, I had to open and close real quick because the smell was terrible. <laughs> Remember, Al? Yeah, it was disgusting. Oh my god! And eventually, we we. Uh, we got rid of it. All right, so Al, we have uh, we did get an email this week. You said that they were going to clean the refrigerator in the commissary, right? Yeah, the big giant one. Okay, so can you also reply to that? Can you get rid of these refrigerators because it's just disgusting? It's not helping anybody, and they're not being used properly. Well, I, I asked them if they could be cleaned out, but you want them gone. Oh, gone. Yeah, right. yeah they're, they're, gone. they're not salvageable. They're, they're not. They're, no, 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 one is. Your, the other one is not. Oh, Jerry, Jerry, stop. And then stop. Boomer will the buy a, a nice big Sub-Zero one and put it in there for you. You think that one's fine? The one that has the all small that black one. stuff in the bottom? The small one. 
That's it's, it's, it's that stuff. one little crease needs to be cleaned. The rest of it's fine. The First other one is disgusting. No, it's more than one crease. It's like all the black yeah, is all in there. That, that's the that Steve big. Summers break room. Get them out of here. Clean that well, up. It kind of goes along with Steve. <laughs> It's true. Those refrigerators okay, are. Turn them for here. I'd stuff them in one of those things. <laughs> um, that that to go box with the R on it. Is there any chance that that has been put in there in the last two days? I don't know because I just opened up a bag of a molded orange. We also there was a French dressing in there that had uh, yeah. two years ago uh, expiration date. Right. right, French. Dressing. That's what I said. April of 2021 was the expiration date. Somebody brought French dressing. <laughs> well, it's only French in name. It's not like from <laughs> France. But, now, I'm but trying yeah, to think. You know, we it. do have things that get delivered here. We do get a lot of food that has been delivered here. Any of that food ever make its way to one of those refrigerators? Not in these two. No. I don't think so. Yeah, we got to get rid of it. I want to open up that to-go box because I'm thinking that thing has been sitting in there. Can we bring for, it in? Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. So that to-go box that's got the R on it, I would be shocked if that thing was, like, fresh. And if it's fresh, then I'll close it back up and it's somebody's lunch. So, But I would be shocked. I think we're going to open that thing up and there's going to be mold. Is the R is the R written, a written R, like it's somebody's last name or somebody's first name? Like yeah, two? like this is mine, like R. R, R, R like Rich Ackerman? Yeah, maybe. I don't or know. Or Rascona? Maybe. Could be. Um, I can't. Why the... <laughs> but I'm just curious to open this up and see what's in there. I just, it's so bizarre to me that somebody would be using these refrigerators. I'll feel bad if it actually looks fresh and it's somebody's lunch. And I'll close it back up. Like, Sorry, but I'm just I'm my guess is the way that everything else looks in there. <laughs> <laughs> and then the sauce. Oh my! Yeah, there's no way this is this. There's no way that this is fresh because just look at it. All right, so this is from the work fridge. Oh, my God. It stinks. Already? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Uh, it's pasta, right? Yeah. Rigatoni, I guess. That had it's a come. full... It's not, by the way, there's no mold in it. Because it's been... You want to eat it, Jerry? I guess. No. Oh, I'm not okay. Sean Moresh. Okay. Anybody, want, anybody no. want this? How long do you think this has been in there? gotta be nice. But there's nothing, it doesn't, let me ask you this. If I just presented that to you, had you guys not seen the refrigerator, would you think that was in there that long? Eh, maybe not. It looks fine. It's and it's a full meal. It smells rancid. There are beans in it? No. Well, you want to try it? You would eat no, it? No, I'm trying to wonder why it would <coughs> smell. Because <laughs> it's all the sauce, I think. Is yeah, maybe that's the garlic in the sauce. Oh, oh, God. Can you smell it? Yes. I don't. Why'd you open up the sauce that I brought you? <laughs> oh, God. Get rid of it, please. All right. What's this? Do we put this back in there? Just I mean, somebody's been there's got to be some office policy about food in refrigerators. Yeah, they send not... an email out every six months, and no one adheres to it. All right. So, Boomer, would you like some sauce? No. You Quickly, it's right by your eye. I can't even look it's at right this. It's right by I you. Can't, I know. Can't, I, can't, oh, I can't. Oh, my God. Oh, you smell this? Oh, it's skanky. No. Oh, oh, Jerry, come over here. Smell no, this. I don't want to. Smell it. this. <laughs> oh, smell it. you got to smell it. Come on. Please smell oh, it. Oh, it's skanky. Oh. Special on. sauce. <laughs> it's like the stuff that the guys smell on the hockey benches before they go out on the ice. Would you pay Gallo or Sean $1,000 to drink this? No, no, I don't, I don't. No, no. Oh, my God. Gallo's not here. <laughs> 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 oh, 
<laughs> she's gonna throw up on the air. <laughs> I'm. It's like it's it's dry heaving season right now. <laughs> I took the fringe dressing bottle. And I was jamming it into the butter. Ice. Oh, and I it wouldn't move. That, that's right been in there for a long time. Just this, I know. And then that that bag of pasta that's frozen into that thing too. The little was that pasta or sausage. It was sausage. I thought it was sausage. I don't know. It could be pasta. I don't know. Gosh, just pretty disgusting. nasty, though. It is. All right, Jerry. I know you don't have a ton of time here, but there's not a lot That's going right. on. No, so. good. We're brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. And we're brought to you by Flag and Anthem. Real clothes for real life. I do have some Aaron Rodgers stuff that I started going through. I've not gotten to the jet part yet. I'm about 10 minutes in. So hopefully next hour I'll have the answer for you. Here's the thing, Jerry. No excuses. No, I'm not giving you a reason. I'm not, uh, not giving you an excuse. Didn't claim an excuse. Just haven't got to it. That's actually pretty straightforward there. I tell you, he's boobies jiggling again. He's killing himself in there. Um, here is Aaron Rodgers wanting to end his career with the Packers. We were talking about that last hour. I have a lot of love, uh, a lot of love for what's going on in Green Bay, and I'd love to finish there. I would, and and uh, I might have finished there. You know, who knows? Who knows? This oh, is again with God. McAfee. I know it's getting a little tough. He's unbelievable. Um, he says he takes his career very seriously. When I talk about my future, I don't talk in any cryptic terms. You know, I, I'm pretty direct about how I feel, and I am taking time with my decision, and I am, you know, not you know egomaniacal in a sense to think that. Uh, you know, I should be able to play wherever I want as long as I want. That having been said, he was asked point blank by McAfee um, if he was open to being traded. And he tried getting this question in five times because it kept going in a different direction. But, the you know, the, the experts were saying today, you're going to be traded. You're going to be traded. So are you open to that? Here was his answer. You never know. I mean, anytime there's a situation where change is possible, what's the old adage, you know, that people want to say, oh, the grass isn't always greener. You know, on the other side. And I always say, the grass is green where you water it. Okay. Right. Sounds to me as if he's open to a trade. Yeah. So, the grass is green where you water it. So, does he believe the Packers Make are, it great where you are. Are you? Are they, but are they watering the grass enough for him right now? That's not how I took that. I took that as if you move me, I'll make it green. Oh, okay. Yeah, but also, I felt like their team got much better as the season went on. And why wouldn't you think that they'll be a good team next year? I didn't say they wouldn't. I'm Plus, at... they play in the NFC, which, uh, you know, I would think is going to be, you know, still even next year, a little bit easier to make it all the way to the Super Bowl via that angle, you know? Sure. All right, so there you have it. Uh, uh, more from else. him coming yeah. up uh, next hour. Uh, Knicks Cavs last night. This was close, late. Cleveland with the ball. Knicks trying to hang on. Mitchell pulls back by Randall. Randall guarding him. Mitchell on the drive. Goes inside. Hartenstein with the block. Mitchell catches it back to Mobley. Mobley turns. Shot no good. That was Mike Breen on MSG at the final seconds. Knicks hold on 105-103. They beat a good Cavaliers team. Julius Randle had eight three-pointers in this game. He scored 36 to go along with 13 rebounds. Uh, R.J. Barrett added 16. Here was Randle, eight threes. So what was working so well? Oh, no. It was just the shots and I took them right. <laughs> they went in. And they did go in. Here was Jalen Brunson. End of the day, got it done. It wasn't... Like the cleanest, it wasn't like the smoothest, but uh, we found a way to grind it out and get a win. And um, 
it's easy to win games when everyone everyone's clicking, everyone the ball's going in the hoop, but can we win games when things aren't going our way? And um, this is like a, a good stepping stone for us. And so they snap a four-game losing streak, move to 26-23. and 23. Um, Nets in Philly tonight. I want to play this one before I get out of here. So Clippers beat the Lakers last night, 133-115. I went back and watched this to make sure. Now, if this is a kid reporter of some sort, it wasn't portrayed that way on the video, watching the press conference. This is Russell Westbrook. And after he gets into it with one reporter about a play, which was not much, uh, you look at the headline, you would have thought they were throwing punches at one another. It wasn't much of anything. But then there was a follow-up question, and here comes the next one. And he had to actually contain himself from laughing because she sounds like a child. I don't know. Uh, tonight, you used impressive dribbling skills to successfully uh, fake out your opponents multiple times. And um, in the second quarter, you made a jump shot where your body was turned like 180 degrees away from the basket. It was just an amazing shot. You're always making these spectacular moves with just within a split second. Um, do you anticipate doing them, or is it just a second nature to you? Like, do you just not even have to think about it? Um, you know. The way you explain it, you need to be around more often. <laughs> I don't know if that was a kid, if that was serious, but it was kind of funny. So. <laughs> you did this thing where you grabbed the basketball and you like went close to the basket and you put it in the basket. And it was just like so cool. Did you mean to do that or or what? And that was after, like I said, he went back and forth with a reporter, and he actually had fun with that. So, whatever. That was uh, after their loss last night. Hey, Scott Rowland's going to the Hall of Fame. He got voted in yesterday. Uh, Rutgers beat Penn State 65-45. George sent over DePaul uh, by five. Notable because it snapped the Hoyas 29-game conference losing streak. Hadn't won in the conference since March of 2021. You got number 19 UConn taking on number 13 Xavier tonight. And St. John's plays at Creighton. And the Devils were trailing and wound up getting the game tying goal from Dougie Hamilton. And Dougie Hamilton in overtime. New Jersey beat Vegas in the OT by the score of 3-2. Islanders in Ottawa tonight in the Rangers skate in Toronto. Alrighty, Boomer and Gio on the fan and CBS Sports Network. I feel like I say this every single year at this time, and I have to say it again because of the reaction to Scott Rowland getting elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame yesterday and everybody freaking out. I mean, you would have thought, if you looked at Twitter, that Vladimir Putin won the Nobel Prize for Peace yesterday with the way that people were freaking out about this. And I don't understand it. Now, I know nothing that we really talk about here in sports matters all that much. There are some social issues that matter. And, you know, our teams, we love our teams and we want to see them win. And in the grand scheme of things, it's entertainment and it's fun. But there's also things about, like, you know, team sports and with your family and watching these games and tradition and things like that and watching players and business and contract and, like, stuff that that matters a little bit more. The Hall of Fame induction stuff and who makes the Hall of Fame, to me, means absolutely nothing. And to see people freak out about who gets in or who doesn't get in is the biggest waste of time. So I beg you. I beg you not to care about this. Think about what we're talking about. A guy played sports, a professional sport, at a high level. A bunch of baseball writers that sit around, the baseball writer dweebs out there, sit around and decide to vote on who gets to have a plaque in a museum in upstate New York. That's it. 
This is not baseball immortality. This isn't some being coming down from the heavens and and knighting somebody because of their baseball career. It's guys like Bob Nightingale, John Heyman, Joel Sherman, Ken Rosenthal, John Morosi sitting around filling out a ballot and saying this guy's okay or this guy's good or this guy's whatever. Doesn't matter. He didn't take steroids. Whatever. I don't even care. Put those guys in, too. But, like, <laughs> Cooperstown is a nice place to take your kid if they're a baseball fan or you're a baseball fan. And you walk around and you enjoy it. And you can go over to the plaques and you can see other stuff. And it's a cool tribute to the game of baseball. For people to be so offended that this guy got, what does it matter to you? Why? Ask yourself why you are upset. Please, I'd love to know, why are you upset that Scott wow. Rowe is in the hall? How does this affect your life? And oh, by the way, and you trashing this guy, all of a sudden, now you think about, like, he just got this tremendous honor, and you're just, like, killing him, and all he's done was be an exemplary human being and player throughout his entire career. Yeah, and congratulations to him, but I would just say I think people get upset about this because... Maybe they compare him to their favorite player, a la Don Mattingly, Bernie Williams, somebody like that in our general vicinity, and say, if he's in, why aren't they in? So I would ask the question to that. What does it matter to you that your favorite player is in the Hall of Fame or not? You have those memories. This is your favorite player. You love that player. Why does the baseball writer's opinion of that guy matter to you? So much when all they're doing is putting a plaque in a building in upstate New York. It doesn't change your memories about that guy. It doesn't. Don't you think it's more interesting, though, that they do steep, uh, they do still keep the other guys out? The other guys like Schilling and, you know, McGuire and, of course, Sosa and A-Rod. Isn't that more interesting than anything else? That's got to be interesting to you. Um, no, none of it is. And I'm, and I'm being honest. None of it's interesting to me. I think it's stupid that they keep those guys out. Uh, I think it's silly that they're, they're the moral high ground or whatever they, they think that they are. But none of it means that and doesn't mean anything. The, the history of baseball isn't written by who is in the Hall of Fame or not in the Hall of Fame. And if you need that to validate your thoughts, then I'm sorry. I don't have any respect for you as a fan. You have your memories. Like, if... I have all these great memories of when Mike Piazza was a Met. All these great memories of him, big spots, everything, even though they didn't win a World Series with him. All these great memories. And he ended up in the Hall of Fame. If they had kept him out, it wouldn't wouldn't have have meant a thing to me. It wouldn't have erased those memories. It wouldn't have taken anything away from me. And it would have probably been upsetting to him, the individual. Sure, it matters to those people. But why does it matter to everybody else so much? doesn't mean anything. It just doesn't. And it, I just, uh, for whatever reason, too, like the baseball stuff is, 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 it infuriates people more than any other Hall of Fame. Like, this guy doesn't deserve to be in. And oh, my God, he only had X amount of season. Uh, stop. Stop. It'd be happy for a guy that he ended up having a, uh, a nice little moment for him and his family. Like, why are you so offended by this? Give me a break. Yeah, I know. The, the, thing that I, the thing that I don't get about all of it is why you would attack a guy who actually is going in. Exactly. That That's the thing that doesn't make any sense to me. If you want to say, hey, if he's in, then my guy should be in. I, I kind of understand that. But there's no reason to attack a guy that is going in. 
Uh, let's go to Nick, who's in Northport. What's up, Nick? What's up, guys? Hey. So, um, you don't find it disrespectful to the guys that are in the Hall of Fame, say like a Ken Griffey Jr. who did it the right way and has, I mean, astronomical numbers compared to Scott Rowland? Yeah, no, I, I mean, don't. I, I mean, don't, but, I but don't, does, is anybody saying that Scott Rowland is Ken Griffey Jr. because they both have a <laughs> plaque in upstate New York? No, but... Okay, so then why is it disrespectful to him? To guys like Ken Griffey Jr., I would say, like, this guy's not on my level. Why is he in the state? But you know that, right? Do you, you know that Ken Griffey Jr.'s not, or Scott Rowland's not on his level. Ken Griffey Jr. knows that. Not every player is the same, just like Ken Griffey Jr.'s not like Lou Gehrig. So what does it matter that they all have a plaque in the same place when we know the levels of these players? I guess you got a point. It doesn't bother Yeah, no, I do have a point. <laughs> It doesn't matter. I have a joke. So I know that it, it matters to some because you're reacting to that that some a group of people that it seems to matter to. But what also seems to matter to you is that it matters to them. No, that it, that it, what it, how it matters to them. Okay. It's anger that they have about this that I can't understand. And then that anger turns into trashing these guys who made it in, which is just it's psychotic behavior. It really is. Let's go to uh, Jeff in Hartford, Connecticut. What's up, Jeff? Hey, um, thanks for taking my call so quickly. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm kind of amazed, Gio, and I love you and love Boomer, the whole show, but I think you're way off on this point. I mean, it's not just the plaque. It, the Hall of Fame is the, symbolizes the ultimate height of... Why, of why though? Why? Because it's what it's what you know you play for. If you grew up as a kid following baseball, you think of so every so every, every guy said every guy who ever played's like I want the Hall of Fame more than anything else. I would think so. Yeah, well, you would think so. You don't know that you're you're saying definitively that that's what everybody wants to do. And it's you know how people get voted in, right? Yeah, the baseball right. Right. Okay. So that's the be all end all. What these guys think about no. that player. Well, yeah, some of them have an axe to grind. Probably you have a good point there. But otherwise, I mean, God, it's like heaven. It's like, you know, the Hall of Fame. And yes, Scott it's not heaven. It's a building there. in upstate New York. This is my well, point. You're making it really concrete. I mean, well, that's what it is. It's not heaven, man. <laughs> it's, a, it's a museum in upstate New York. <laughs> it's heaven. <laughs> All right, listen, I, 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 and I'm sure that you love, I, I'm sure that you absolutely love baseball. And that's great. And if you could go up and, and go to Cooperstown and enjoy that, that's awesome. What I can't stand is we are treating this like canonization. Like this person is a saint or not a saint. It, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, you appreciate that Scott Rowan got in, right? I don't care. I, I don't care. I, mean, I, I don't care who's in or not in. So it's not, it's not appreciation or anything. The thing that I care about is the fact that, that what drives me nuts is that you've got people that get so angry about this that they're trashing professionals for no reason. And it's like, how dare you make a plaque and put it up on a wall in upstate New York of that guy? How dare you? Just stop. Take stock of your priorities and realize that this is the dumbest thing that you could possibly care about in the history of the world. And, and, and if you want to tell me there was like a committee of the best players in baseball that were judging their peers and, and that meant something to the player even more so, then I would say, okay, that's a little bit more understanding. But the fact that it's these, these baseball writers 
that sit around in press boxes and pick their nose and have ill-fitting suits on their entire lives that are checking boxes on a piece of paper that's been Xeroxed. And we're acting as this, this is the ultimate, this is the ticket to heaven. It's a joke. Oh, it's baseball heaven. It's a joke. Oh, my God. All right, we'll take a break. More people want to talk about this, which is just, I'm so, this is like one of those things like, you know, you see those memes where people sit with like a table and say, you know, prove me wrong. Like, that's what I'm doing right now. Hall of Fame doesn't matter. Oh, prove see, me now wrong. you just open it to an entirely whole nother discussion. And it's just going to be like one after another just going after you because of your take on this. Okay, well, they're wrong. And I'm trying to convince people. That's why. I mean, that's why. You know what I'm saying? It's just I got to convince people this doesn't matter anymore. Geo coming to you live, Bill Ford Tough Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. We'll do some calls on this Hall of Fame stuff now, and it's not your average Hall of Fame discussion that you're going to hear for the rest of the day on Sports Talk Radio shows because that nothing, absolutely nothing, makes me run away from Sports Talk Radio more than Hall of Fame talk. It is the most boring, asinine stuff on earth. So I just want to know. My question is this. Why does it matter to you that much? Now, what I saw yesterday is this massive reaction from sports fans, baseball fans. I mean, it was trending. It was crazy. It was top headlines everywhere, especially with not as much going on middle of the week with the NFL games on Sunday. It just took over Twitter and the sports news cycle yesterday. So that's why I'm reacting to it. I just don't understand why that many people get that wrapped up in this thing and then end up trashing a guy who had a great career. I mean, does it really matter to you that much that Scott Rowland got an individual achievement like this? I mean, and that and that's the thing that's insane to me. This guy doesn't belong in there. All right. Well, maybe you should have become a baseball writer because then you would have had something to say about it. I'm just thinking like for a guy that <clears throat> doesn't really care about any of this. You care about part of this because you've, you've created a firestorm right now. Well, I don't, but yes, but this is why you gotta, you gotta, I don't care about the Hall of Fame. Okay. I don't understand why people get so mad at it. Like, that's the thing I need to get, I need to figure out. And I really want to know. And then when people give me these arguments about, it's heaven. It's this, it's not. Like, it's not heaven. So that to me is like that argument's not going to cut it. So basically it's like convince me why it's important that the Hall of Fame matters to you and why you're so offended that guys like Scott Rowland get inducted into a Hall of Fame. Like it should not change your memories about these players. Like this guy goes, well, isn't it uh, offensive to a guy like Ken Griffey Jr. that he's in the same conversation with Scott Rowland? No, he's not. We all know that. We all know that Ken Griffey Jr. is better than Scott Rowland. We understand that. Everybody knows that. Now, just because these guys put a plaque in the same area as Ken Griffey Jr., Scott Rowland's plaque doesn't mean they're on the even playing field. Doesn't mean that the players that you liked, like Bernie Williams or whoever the hell else, or some of these other guys that aren't in, doesn't make their career worse and this guy's career better. Doesn't mean anything. Who would you take, Carlos Beltran or Scott Rowland? Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to play that game? No! <laughs> and then the Pete Rose Hall of Fame, too, is another one of those things. It just makes yes. me want to rip my eyeballs out and juggle with them. 
Uh, all right, let's go to Joe in New Jersey. What's going on, Joe? Hey, how's it going, guys? Um, we're doing well, Joe. What's on yes, your mind? Yes, we're doing great. Oh, uh, doing great. Love you guys. Uh, question is, well, not a question, but Gio, the, the, the Hall of Fame matters. And I don't think the anger is at the player. I think the anger is at the institution that lessens the bar of what a player should be at that. And I think that's the problem. Okay, so the, the institution is what exactly? The, the writers. The right. And, and, in and the Hall of Fame, they lessen the bar, and these players get in who are, A, some are compilers. Yeah. B, some are just not that good. Okay, and, 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 how, does, and, and how does that really change anything about what happened in the past? Like, how well, does that... How does that change? It right. So that I like, I and it's it's anger is not at the player though. You said they're angry. Well, they at but they end up trashing him. All I mean, yeah. all I saw yesterday was him getting crushed about this guy yeah. got in. Look at this. This guy hit this and got in. This is a joke. How and could then, he possibly well, be compared to these guys? And then everybody started comparing their own favorite players to him and uh, his, you know, and his uh, legacy. Understood. I just I, I I honestly think it's more at like. You gotta be kidding me, you gotta raise the bar. Okay, so if you know that Scott Rowland was one type of player and you saw him play and you don't compare him to these other guys, and your opinion's not going to change about that, what does it matter that the baseball writers have a different opinion? Um, because my opinion is he's not in that category. Right, so you you have that opinion whether he's in the Hall of Fame or not, right? So it's not as if that Scott Rowland is in the Hall of Fame is now forcing you to feel differently about Scott Rowland. Uh, no, correct. Right. Understood, so, but I think that's where the anger comes from. Oh, oh okay. Uh, all right, fine. Uh, and that's the anger that I don't understand. That's the anger that I don't understand. It just doesn't change. It doesn't change your memories of a player. It doesn't now all of a sudden validate a guy or not validate a guy. And as I mentioned, I know people like this guy should be in because I like this guy. Like, <laughs> I mean, I've got so many great memories of players that would never sniff the Hall of Fame ever. And like, like, like Benny Agbayani. I loved Benny Agbayani. Aww. He hit that 13, 13th inning home run against the San Francisco Giants in the 2000 NLDS. He's number 50, a big Hawaiian. Like, I loved it. I, my favorite, one of my favorite Mets of all time, Edgardo Alfonso. Love that guy. Thought he was awesome. I got a picture of me and him in spring training that I still have. Like, these guys are never going to sniff the Hall of Fame. I don't care what anybody else thinks about them. That doesn't mean a thing to me. Doc and Daryl. Exactly. Think about all the excitement they brought you. And Lenny and Wally. So if someone else feels differently about that guy, thinks they're either worse or better, and decides to give them a plaque. What does it change the way that you feel about it? It should not. That's my point. Okay. That's my point. All right. We get uh, your point. All right. Let's go uh, to oh, Brian Rascona from Glenhead. What's going on, Brian? What's up, guys? Good morning to hey, you. Hey, man. What's up? Uh, you think that you think those refrigerators are bad? Did you ever check out that microwave in that break room? Yes, about a month ago, I opened that up and it, it looked like someone had thrown in like a, a like had nuked a mouse in there. It was like it guts and like hair, and it was just <laughs> oh, it's terrible. So, Brian, the other thing too is is that there was a thought that the R on the 
uh, on the big ZD was yours. Is that true? I did. I, I did hear that. No, it's not. I haven't put anything. The only thing I put in those fridges is my water because I don't want to walk all the way to the cafeteria to go get a water. So if I bring a bottle of water in, I keep it in there for maybe an hour tops. Oh, but I God. keep it on the door. I keep it on the door. I don't put it with all the other stuff that's been in there forever. Playing with fire, man. I'm telling you, playing with fire. It's capped. It's capped. It's not like, you know, <laughs> I put it in there for an hour and then I take it out an hour later. That's no. right. What else you got for us, man? So the Scott Rowland thing, it sticks. Oh, now, listen, I agree with you uh, about not caring about if a guy makes it to the hall or if they do or they don't. I totally agree with you 100%. The only reason why Roland sticks in my craw a little bit is because I grew up as a Mets fan, and he was a Met killer when he was on the Phillies and the Cardinals, and I couldn't stand him. And if he wins, I don't care if he wins something at a carnival. I don't want that guy to win anything, anything at all. And that's why it stuck in my craw that he made the Hall of Fame. So I just wanted to chime in. Okay. And that's, why, that's why I care. All right, that's fine. I mean, this is a guy that you don't like, and you don't want to see him get any accolades. But don't you think, uh, well, what are you, 40 years old now? Yes. You got uh, to a couple of kids. How you, yeah, yeah. How, how are you going to feel when Chase Utley makes it? <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's another one. I mean, right. can't, can't, can't we let that stuff go from back then is what I'm trying to say. Like, there were guys that I really couldn't stand back in the day. Guy. Utley was a dirty guy. He was a dirty guy. I don't know how popular he was with the media. And, we, you know, you discussed that it's more of a popularity contest than anything else. So he might have a more difficult time getting in because I think it's more of a popularity contest. He was kind of a a dirty player, but I just, for me, growing up and when you're a kid, it means more. So when you see these players grow, you know, kill your team, and I can't remember, was Roland on that 06 Cardinal team? Oh, man. Was he? Was, he just was, Google I it. definitely don't want to see him in. Right, no. I can't stand anybody on God, I just, I mean, obviously, I remember Supon, I remember Yadier, I remember Pujols, I remember Wainwright, Wayne I remember, yeah, those are the ones. He was on that team, yeah, he, he was, was starting yeah. third baseman. Yeah, yeah. Yep. He was on that team, so yes. you know what? I don't want to see him in the hall. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> see, that's, <laughs> your boy Jim Edmonds is on that team. Right, right, exactly. Uh, Owen in New Jersey, what's going on, Owen? Good morning, guys. Hey. Craig, I, 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 just one point, okay? Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, actually, two points. Yeah. Uh, the first one is, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Got you. Go ahead. Okay, sorry, sorry. No problem. So, you're, so I just feel, I know that we made the point, and it was a couple points made, but I, I think baseball fans don't want the Hall of Fame to get watered down like the other Hall of Fame. And that's really the issue. So why, though? So the question is, the question is, why? Okay, well, because it's always, like, you, you were talking about the Ken Griffey thing, right? If you, and I know that this point is made, but I, I like this point. If you have to think about a player being in or not being in, like, I don't have a, I don't have a vote, so you're right. Like, I'm not a writer. But if I don't, if I want guys that if you think he is, then he is. If you have to think about it, then he's not. All right, so you have those opinions on players, and right. it, guys go into the Hall of Fame, some guys don't. Does your opinion on that player change by what the baseball writers say? No, absolutely not. So then what does it matter what they think? Because I want to keep it at a point where it doesn't get watered down. So it doesn't... <laughs> okay, but I once again, I know, I why? I mean, so like it's still a museum in upstate it's, New York, and it's still a place right, that people go and that. enjoy, right? And there's a right. plaque on the wall. But if it doesn't right, change I, your opinion on the player or not, then what does it matter who's in there? I, I totally agree with everything you just said. The point is, 
Basketball Hall of Fame, Football Hall of Fame, hockey. They let everybody in. The Baseball Hall of Fame has always been different. I like that tradition. I like that they keep the standards higher. Now they're lowering their standards for somebody like Scott. He was great. He was a great defensive player, very good player. But if I have to think again of, of him being a Hall of Famer, then he's not. Yeah, I mean, so, but here's the thing that I'm, that, that, I keep coming back to that the argument is being made, and, and I'm not going to continue to repeat this point. If you have your opinions about these guys and who is great and who is not, keep those opinions. Those are your opinions. That's how you feel about the game. That's great. And what someone else thinks, whether it's your buddy or whether it's John Morosi of Fox Sports or whether it's Ian O'Connor. <laughs> What they think doesn't matter. It really does. Well, That's does what I'm matter. trying to get to. It does matter for the guys getting into the Hall of Fame. Exactly. It does. Yes. That's what matters. Yes. Them and their family and their personal business and all of those things. And the fact that they can get extra bucks for their autograph for because the, they put HOF on the end. That's what matters. You know, the amazing thing is, to me, that if you really want to get into the discussion about all of this... Is okay, a guy like Scott Rowland makes it great for him, and I just gave him a shout out. So I'm I'm happy for him, and, and seems like a nice guy. I had a really good baseball career, but he gets in, but A Rod does not, and A Rod doesn't even come close to getting in. He only gets about thirty five percent of the vote. Yeah, that that's really where the discussion should be. Sure, and and like this is another reason why I don't take the opinions of these writers seriously because of that. Because of that morality high ground bullcrap that they're on, where we all know that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and A. Rod, they're, they're all we all know that they they're Hall of Famers, but they refuse to put them in. So, like in my mind, those guys are Hall of Famers, some of the greatest players I've ever seen yes. play. And and whether or not you know, Bob Nightingale wants to sit there on his high horse and vote for him and put a check mark on a piece of paper, I don't give a crap. You know, the amazing thing is, is what these leagues have all done is that they have been gotten these writers involved because they're the ones who cover the sport, they're the ones who promote the sport, they're the ones who write about the sport. And it's smart for these leagues to get these writers involved because it keeps the thing churning and burning and for discussions like we're having this morning. Yes, that is correct. That That's why they're involved, although the NFL has kind of modified some of that. Sure, absolutely. And I always feel good for any player that gets that on. Thank you, so do I. CBS Sports Network. You know, so Jerry, you're sitting here, and I, I know we talked about that play that took place in the San Francisco-Dallas yeah. game, and it really probably chaps your ass and all that other stuff. I'm just wondering, do you think that the Dallas Cowboys are going to hang with Dak Prescott? Yes. I know his contract is prohibitive when you when you talk about moving him, because he's got an $89 million uh, dead cap hit this year if they moved him, but I guess after June 1st, that could be Mitigated to some point, and I guess he could probably restructure or something else. Fagazi, who knows? Well, who are you going with? I, well, my point could, would you go with, uh, I don't know, Tom Brady? What? <laughs> would you go with Tom Brady? <laughs> huh. That's an interesting one. I see, I like Dak Prescott. What about a new coach? <laughs> <laughs> now, he's not the one throwing the balls. No, he's not. I mean, and that that first interception. Well, let me let me ask you this. That first interception was brutal. Can I, yeah, I know it was. Can I ask you this though, as a former quarterback to quarterback? Yeah, okay. Oh, my picture's gone. Yeah, uh, I'm joking when I say that. Of course. Why is it 
that when I watched that game Sunday, I saw every ball was contested. And the Niners got guys wide open. Right. Is so that coaching think, or is that the players? No, it's the players also. So Dak Prescott is not playing with what Joe Burrow is playing with. He's not playing with what Brock Purdy's playing with. And he's certainly not playing with what Jalen Hurts is playing with. You know, all three of those teams. This one I don't understand. Right, that, that's a bad interception. His first one of the day was a bad in, interception. He almost had a third interception, too. That's I know a bad, he did. That would have been a pick interception six. Too. I like he's, he's not reading the defenses. And I, I don't know what they're thinking about him down there. They, they, half they have, the fans hate him. I know that. Fans like I know, him. I know he's, he's a very polarizing figure, and I appreciate what he has turned himself into. Don't get me wrong, from where he was drafted out of Mississippi State. Yeah. Remember when he was at Mississippi State and he beat LSU? And I was like all over this kid. I was like, this kid is great. And he I had was Al, here, right? And I had Al call up uh, the Mississippi State athletic director, send me some helmets. Look at this. I got his helmet. I remember. I know. You were the first one that alerted us to Dak Prescott. Yes. I, I got his I helmet know. right I, here. Trust me. I know. So um, I, I I admire the kid. I, I think he's great. But I'm just wondering if the Jones family, the coaching staff, all everybody in there is sitting like, is this guy going to get yeah. us past this? You know, the real question is, will Stephen Jones make a drastic decision like that since Jerry's going to be dead? Right. That's really the question that, oh my God. will he, because we don't know what type of leader he's going to be. That is terrible. What do you think, Jerry? <laughs> Come on, you have man. inside information here. I don't have any inside information. I have no information. Well, you brought us this whole thing that In- Jerry's probably not going to make it through no, the offseason. No, no, is I, that why they not hope he makes it through the offseason. I said I What do you mean? <laughs> before the season began, he was talking about how his days were numbered. But he was very emotional before the season began. What? Basically talking about how he doesn't have many seasons left. And now they canceled their interviews yesterday. Right, exactly. So what do you think that's... You, sir, die. What is wrong with you? (laughs) What is that telling us? I don't know what it's telling you. I will tell you this, if we're being serious for 20 seconds, that I've believed and continue to believe that he is the guy in the face of this franchise because of the personal tragedies he has dealt with, that the moment's not too big for him. That's Dak. Nice Dak. Okay. And I still believe that to be the case. I don't think the coaching has been great, and I think they've come up small with their... Skill players at times. You know what's I amazing? Well, they got rid of Amari Cooper. They had I understand. To. I know. But the, but the point being is, like, I thought their their defense played their asshole. Their defense played great. Their wide receivers did not get open. That's what I saw on Sunday. And I saw a better team beat them. That's what I saw. And that's usually what happens. And then you then you ask yourself the question after it's over. Kind of like Joe Shane asking the question after it was over against Philadelphia. Is the guy leading the team going to be the guy that's going to be able to get us over the hump and actually be a championship team? Let me tell you, if they called that penalty on George Kittle and the Cowboys ended Things up winning that game, no one's talking about Dak Prescott. That's true, too. By the way, speaking of death, this is drop horrible. dead. This is terrible. Oh, my God. Jerry. No, 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 no. This Why is not me. Bring these dead no, no, stories, no me, Al, and Eddie were having a conversation about cars, and Eddie made the comment, you know, the next car I buy it, and Al and I had the same <laughs> thought. You're not saying it's going to be your last, is it, before you die? <laughs> That's the way Eddie started to phrase it was very, like, it was morbid-like. That's wow. not where he was going, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> not dead. Are you worried about uh, Eddie making it through the spring? No, Eddie's, uh, Eddie's in great health. Drop dead. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> the next car that you get, will it be a gas car or will it be filled up with canola oil? <laughs> I'm just hoping I can buy one more stick shift. Go away. Oh. You always get a used one. Yeah, I was going to say. True. You could just get a used one. Because it's jamming battery cars down your throat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, okay. 
Uh, an update, Jerry. Yeah. We're brought to you by uh, Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. And we're brought to you by the Progressive New York Boat Show. Visit NYBoatShow.com. So what does Aaron Rodgers think about whale sex? <laughs> <laughs> well, here he was with Pat McAfee explaining it. Well, they, they have sex up in Alaska, actually. Then they come down to warmer water to... Uh, to have the babies. <laughs> this is what goes off. You're, you're not talking about his offensive lineman? <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they have sex up in Alaska, actually. And they come down to warmer water to uh, to have the babies. Oh, or he could be talking about A.J. Hawk's sex life. Look at A.J. All his kids are born in the wintertime, right? All the off-season lovemaking with, the, with Laura. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> uh, it was pretty funny. Um, here was the question. Of course, it had to be at the end of the 53 minutes where they ask about Zach Wilson. Uh, and it was A.J. Hawk that asked the question completely out of the blue, too. It wasn't like they were talking about the Jets or anything like that. Um, he kind of took it in a different direction. Hey, do you have a uh, do you have a relationship with Zach Wilson? There was, was it Rappaport who said you texted him mm-hmm. when he was like in the facility during the offseason on a Friday morning, you said, what are you doing? Get the hell out of there, man. Get some, right Spend now. some time away from their facility. Are you guys tight? Well, it wasn't a Friday morning. It was a Friday night. And he was there late. And I said, what are you doing? I said, get out of the facility. I said, get out of there. Clear your head. Be a kid. Go to dinner. You know, relax a little bit. And go bang a milf. <laughs> 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 he did not say that. <laughs> you are stuck on this. By the way, you know how CBS Sports Network, they roll the video. So I send them the clips. And yeah. then they always attach the, the video or the photos to the clips. I did send them the one clip that said Aaron Rodgers whale sex. Did you think they were scrambling to find whales having sex? <laughs> I don't think so. Probably no. not. No. No, I don't believe that Stephen Waltron was combing Reuters <laughs> or Getty Images for that. Hey, guys, what do we have here? <laughs> oh, man. Here was one more from Rogers from um, McAfee. says, you know what? If Green Bay wants to get rid of me, it's fine. To be open to the possibility, if I want to keep playing, that it might be somewhere else, I understand that. I understand they might want to move on and, 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 and go younger at a number of different positions. That's a part of it. Uh, there's, again, th- when I think about that thought, because it's important to, to, to understand that, to have some peace with that, because there is a lot that's out of your control. Um, it's not with any malice. It's not with any animosity. It's with complete gratitude. Said he loves all the right, Packers so by, by, Green by, Bay. All right, so by the way, Matt LaFleur did say after the season was over, we want Aaron Rodgers back. He did say that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. He alluded where- to, because he alluded to conversations with Gutenkunst about the direction they're going to go. And I guess they are, they're also contemplating what makes more sense with Jordan Love, with him. So. And also, are we at the point where what these guys say, we can't take it seriously yes. at all? I mean, you hear this, like this guy said this about this player. It doesn't, none of it ever come, ends up being true. Like, the, I always bring up the Vrabel thing. <laughs> with the AJ yeah, Brown. Say, yeah, but see, the, the, what happened there is that John Robinson traded A.J. Brown without Mike Brabel knowing. And that's why, after they lost to Philadelphia this year, Tennessee, and A.J. Brown went off against them, yeah. uh, that uh, Miss Adams down there, who runs the team, I forget her first name, um, but she ended up firing the general manager right after that game. Miss Adams sounds like a cookie company that you would grab a small oh, bag of yes. from a gas station next to Famous Amos. 
I make great well. You make a couple, couple of Miss Adams chocolate chips. Yeah, Miss Adams chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> Is that who owns the? No. We'll find it. Um, you're interested in this Derek Wolf story? Amy Adams Strunk. Oh, the Strunks. The Strunks. Um, yeah, he killed a mountain lion, right? He did. Um, it was in Colorado. Legally, he, by the way. Legally, correct. So he yes. was on Fox News to discuss this yesterday, and he went through the whole thing how a friend asked for assistance because this mountain lion was basically terrorizing the area. He called me and said, hey, there's a cat up here. Um, you want to come help? And I said, yeah, let's go. So we get up there, and the first thing we see is a, a full-grown mule deer that he had drug across the road, right across the street from somebody's house. And it was, and then uh, we followed those tracks up to his porch. And so then he got on it, and where they found the mountain lion, it was up on this woman's porch, and living underneath of her porch, even. When she and wow. when we had talked to the, the landowner, they said, "Hey, we have house cats, and the cats, cats are acting weird." We were wondering why. Well, it's because you have a full-grown, two hundred pound, eight and a half foot mountain lion walking across your front yard. And so, yeah. and it really crossed the line when he kept ringing the doorbell and running away. That's when they really said, "We got to kill this thing." <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> right. Walking away, grabbing the Amazon packages. <laughs> now that would be funny. Take it off. <laughs> he says uh, he ultimately took care of things. Um, was able to make a good shot. A uh, good ethical shot, and um, harvested the cat, and uh, got him out of there, and did everything by the book. This was completely legal. And he would continue on that, and then explain how he is being victimized now. CPW came down and uh, checked the cat in for me. I took the meat and got it processed. I'm going to eat that cat. Um, it's going to be. Um, I can't believe what's what's happening to me. I can't believe that going on a legal hunt, doing something legal by the book. They've, they've had 200 calls to Colorado Parks and Wildlife trying to turn me in like I did something wrong. And he would go on to say the fact that it had killed numerous dog pets uh, in the area, cats, dogs, all sorts of things. So it was a, it was an interesting conversation. So you eat you can eat mountain lion? I guess you can. Never have. Wow. But, you ever mm. have mountain lion there, Bill? No, I've never had it. Hmm. I've had venison. Yeah. I've had, uh, had some wild boar. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've had wild boar. I've, I've had, had alligator. I've not had alligator. Chewy had, chicken, right? What, what was that place that uh, Spank brought us to down in in Florida? Didn't it have? Oh yeah, the uh, alligator bites, right? Exactly. In New Orleans, that was. When he, oh, was I did that too. I did that too. Was it when deep it, fried though? Yes. Yeah. That's what I mean, and right. he said, it uh, like chicken, right? Exactly. And he said he could get us a table, no problem, <laughs> no table. And then you just said, uh, "I'm Boomer size. <laughs> table, <laughs> private room." <laughs> Yeah, like the Excuse me, sir. Do you have the reservation? <laughs> F no. Oh, that's right, sir. You never have a reservation. You can have that table in the back. <laughs> that yeah. was funny. Anybody have Rocky Mountain oysters? <laughs> the that. the bull balls. Anybody? No, have I've that? never had that. Never had that either. No. Nope. I've had grass. I've eaten grasshopper. And have I've you had, had these crickets? Crickets because they sell them in Safeco in I've Seattle. Not, no, I've not had crickets. I had grasshoppers and I, I had ostrich was a weird one too. What about I see on a bougie menu sometimes rabbit? No, no I couldn't. I couldn't. I've had rabbit. rabbit. Have you? You've had Good. duck. Had duck, sure. Had yeah. duck. Oh, you've had duck. No, I've heard it's greasy. I don't want that. Greasy, greasy, yeah, greasy ducks. Duck eaten. <laughs> Fogwa. No, that's gross. Well, that's remember we made Big Zoo squeeze the Fogwa into his mouth. Yes. Yeah, that was just and a lot of it. Oh, oh, oh. That was a tough one. Is that thing still in the refrigerator? <laughs> it might be. Yeah, okay. Probably. Maybe that's the frozen stuff that's in there. Frog's legs. Have you ever had that? I have had that. Huh. 
Yeah, I either. saw Shaq eat those on TV last week, and they're like legit legs. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, Fogwah. Uh, Fogwah. <laughs> Anybody ever have tongue? I've had tongue. You've had tongue as well? Yeah. What about oxtail? I don't think I've had oxtail. Hmm. Okay. Anything else? <laughs> no, I'm just thinking, because all these things I... Remember Brian Jones I used to work with? He ate everything. Like, he used to eat, like, legit roadkill well, as a kid. Well, the same thing with Shannon mm. Sharp. You know, Shannon Sharp did not grow up... Uh, with great means, and they used to have to go out and shoot the squirrels and stuff yeah, like no. that and eat that. Yeah, Brian Jones told me he used to scoop up squirrels as a kid off the road and then go and oh. skin it and cook them and eat them. How about a raccoon? I don't think he ate a raccoon, no. I have never eaten a raccoon. Menage a toi. Just trying to rhyme foie Oh, I get it now. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> Nick's uh, Cavaliers last night in the garden. Brunson penetrates, gets in the paint, drives another three. Rebel, the rebound, head fake, back up, banks it in, and a foul. A strength of Julius Randle on display once again. He had himself a nice night. Mike Breen on MSG. Julius Randle had 36. That bucket there putting them, or rather than keeping them in front. And then he had the go-ahead three late. Knicks hold on to beat the Cavs 105-103. Randle 8 of 12 from three-point range. 13 rebounds as well. But down the stretch in those final seconds, Donovan Mitchell had opportunities. Randle says we took care of him. He's a great player. Uh, he made a lot of tough shots, obviously, in the fourth quarter. Um... Just got to know, you know, the scouting report knows tendencies. Um, I kind of knew what he wanted to get back, get into uh, on that last shot, and I just tried to force him to our big. And he did lock up with his groin, as we discussed earlier, meaning Mitchell. <laughs> I know, I feel bad for him. I mean, it was a big play in the game, but, I mean, that's just embarrassing. As good of a player as he is, it could have been more embarrassing. Could have been in a hotel room with firemen coming after him. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah, months July through <laughs> October in the fireman's calendar with no shirts on and suspenders with their pecs. <laughs> All sweating. <laughs> it's terrible. Here's Tom. Oh, nice job by Randall tonight. Julius monster game. You know, it set the tone for us in the first quarter. I think he had 17 in the first quarter. So he's, his rebounding has been off the charts the you last yes, you know, do you remember yesterday where you were talking about Bill Cower and I couldn't get a shirtless Bill Cower out of my head yeah, yeah, with yeah. his nipples? Right, right, yeah. Anytime a fireman comes up or someone locking up, all I think about is you naked in a bed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The right. Gansevoort. Yeah, it was the Gansevoort, yes. Yeah. Yep, and I was hyperventilating and I could not move my fingers and I could not speak. All because you took boner pills. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That is a true story. From a gas station. <laughs> it's the only thing that didn't get stiff. <laughs> Everything else did get stiff. <laughs> you think about the irony there. It's true. Yeah. So bad. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Nets in Philadelphia tonight. Scott rolling into the Hall of Fame. Rutgers beat Penn State 65-45. St. John's in action tonight at Creighton. You got UConn Xavier tonight. And the Devils get two late goals from Dougie Hamilton. One to four. So it's time year, man. Having a great year. He's having a really good year, too. Uh, and they wind up winning in overtime. He scores the game winner 3-2 over the Golden Knights. Rangers in Toronto tonight and the Islanders in Ottawa against the Senators. Hi, Boomer and Gio on the fan CBS Sports Network. I was so mad at you yesterday. I really was. Okay, Al. 
No, no, no. I'm talking to you. Talking to me. I was so oh, mad. You're mad at me. So yesterday, I get on the Peloton. That a boy. And as I'm on this Peloton, for the first time since March of 2021, I am sweating. I am out of breath. I am doing all the things that the instructor is telling me to do. And I'm grunting. And all I'm thinking about is you. Did you look at Leanne Hainsby? Because that's who you need to be uh, watching. Kendall right. Tool. Kendall yeah, Tool. I, like Kendall. I love Kendall Tool. Okay. So, of course, I have to go right back to Kendall Tool. I mean, I, the, the, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, so, um, I'm doing this, and I'm just, I'm just replaying in my head over and over again, you going, and it's like in slow motion now, and I replay it in my head, you turning to me and going, we're going to do the 40-mile bike tour again this year. <laughs> So you're going to get in, and you're going to do it, Biggs. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like a nightmare. Uh, sure, I'll do it again. Uh, and I'm thinking, like, I'll, it'll give me motivation to get in shape, which is exactly what's going on. But, like, I, I was sitting there with my legs pumping going, I cannot believe that I'm doing this again. Now, the last time I did it, I did have a sense of accomplishment when I was done, but it was miserable because it was raining and 48 degrees and it was windy too. And it was just like, oh, it was just raw and wet and cold and whatever. Now I got done with it. I was like, great. I'm done. It's a sense of accomplishment. I got my little medal at the end. And I told you then I was like, I'm a one and done, man. I'm a one and done. I'm only going to be getting older. And then you said, we're raising money. I want you on my team, Team Boompa. Get somebody from Sable who can raise money. Sal. Sal Graziano. Yes. And he ended up doing it, and he set up all these fundraisers, and I was getting into it. I'm like, all right, this is a good thing. This is good. Until I got on that bike yesterday. Well, you like, know what? Oh, you got to go in slow, man. You got to go like 10, do a 10-minute ride. I did a 20-minute ride. All right, 20-minute ride. I did That's a 20-minute low-impact ride, and I got off that thing like <laughs> gasping for air. Well, this kind of shows you just where you are in your exactly. life physically, and this is a good thing for you because I know you're going through uh, you know, a rough month right now with your dry January and all that other mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, so this is a good way for you to get ready to kick it into gear and high gear when comes springtime. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I got to look, look at the photos. Of the bike tour, we did it last year. It was great. That's the beautiful day we had last year. Yeah, which looks great, and everybody's going slow there. I feel like we were going way faster than that when we were going because everybody wanted to get it done with. Because you could see Al stuck in his car. Also, <laughs> that's yes. right. Yeah, that was that day. And by the way, yeah, this is a tour. It's not a race. I know the race for us is how much we're raising against the other twenty-two teams that are part of Team Boomer overall. So. Right now, we are in the lead, which is great, which is which is awesome, and that's that number is going to continue to grow. Um, yeah, I just for me, we were we were going fast a few years ago in 2019. We were we were flying. Well, because you it, thought it was the Tour de France. Well, I, I mean, want, like, and then you tripped and fell over some European guy, and he's yes. screaming and yelling. That's yeah. how it started. Yeah, yes, that's how it started. And then the, the the worst part about this this whole thing when I did it, so it finishes up. Going up the Verrazano Bridge, which is the hardest part of the whole thing, because it's like straight up. So, uh, 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 I'm going up, 
And then people are flying by me, and they're actually being like encouraging, like, come on, man, you got it, you got it. You know, these real like cyclers. Like, ah, ah, ah. So finally I get to the top of the hill and I coast down and we're 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 end and we end in this virtual paradise because what's there are there's water, there's food trucks, there's beer, and I'm like, we made it. I'm done and we made it. So what do I do? I go to the food truck. I eat this giant burrito. <laughs> I suck this burrito down in five seconds. Yes. Then I get a beer and I chug the beer. Then I get another beer and I chug the beer. And I'm like, oh, man, I did it. And I feel good now. Then I get told, yeah, it's another 10 miles to the Staten Island Ferry that you got to ride. <laughs> I said, What? <laughs> Well, they, they, they moved that. They shifted that now. So you don't have to do that? You don't have to stop at that park. You know, we can go right to the ferry. I'll probably have our Team Boomer truck over there. We'll have a couple beers before we get on the ferry. Okay, so you so don't, don't have to ride the other 10 miles well, of the you ferry. Gotta, that's a part of the 40 miles. They, now what they did is they took it and made it a part of the 40 miles. Oh, okay. So, so you know, but once you get over that Arizona Bridge, you still have, I think, I, I want to say like three or four miles to go or five miles. Oh. So, you know, you feel like you get over that bridge, you're like, okay, thank God I got over that bridge, but no. No, it's not over. You still got a little bit of a ways to go, but it's, it is a great, I mean, it is one of the awesome experiences that I've I've had living here in New York, being a part of that bike tour. It's kind of like when we used to have our uh, 10K in Central Park and watching 10,000 people come out and yeah. snake and run in that in that. Uh, uh, by, uh, that was the Run to Breathe uh, event that we had. Sure. This is great. This is really going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to have we're going to have 110 Team Boomer riders. That's the great part of this. We're That's have a, an enormous team. Yeah, which which is and it was awesome. The last time we did it, we had a whole bunch of people. We're going to have more this time. So. Yes, and Brandon Tierney put his team. He's got his team together. I don't know how many Eddie did. Brandon reach out to you about your sister or no? No, my sister's on one of your uh, board members' teams. Oh, she is. Okay, good. All right, great. Yeah, and I know he was reaching out to some other people around the radio station, BT, to do this, and Pete Hoffman's doing it. Oh, with great. Him. And he also reached out to Sal Licata, but Sal Licata is very, very weary of this thing. What about Roscona? Brian Roscona? Yeah, what about him? <sighs> Would he want to do the 40-mile bike it's tour? It's not that hard. And it's a great thing. It's a fun thing. Let me thing. tell you something. It, if you don't... I was in really good shape at that time in my life, and I was doing the Peloton, and it was still difficult for me. If you're not training for this... No, and, you're totally overthinking it. No, let's no, go no. To, let's I'm go to Dan and Glencove. Dan, talk to him, my man. Will you talk him off the ledge, please? Boomer, Geo, thanks for taking the call. Yes, yeah. sir. What's up? Well, Gio, I'm a uh, semi-professional cyclist. I, uh, I'm also a sanitation driver, so I ride my bike to work uh, each way every day. I ride 70 miles a day. And you're in the same boat as almost everybody that gets into biking. You're totally overthinking it. There's nothing. I listen to uh, to all these different shows, and uh, Sal in the morning is overthinking it. You have nothing to worry about. You yeah, but I did, but I did it. But Dan, I what? did it already, and it was hell. Like that's because it was raining that day. It was a tough day. So who says it's not going to rain again? Oh, well, hopefully it won't. Oh, it was not. I mean, but it that was, was a rough day. And, and by the way, you know that was the sense of accomplishment because it was raining, it was cold, 
And, you know, we were doing shots as we were approaching the Arizona Bridge. Yeah. So if we get a nice day, maybe it'll be different. But, but I mean, that's the Make reason. sure you have your flask just in case. I'll have my flask. I'm going to do all sorts of stuff. Like, I'm going to be, like, super stretching. I'm going to do the carb loading the day before. I'm going to have all sorts of stuff on me. I'm going to also, like, tape my, my uh, ID and an insurance card to my forehead just in case I <laughs> collapse. I just get dog tags. Yeah, I should do that too. Yeah, right, that would be three and a half miles from the bridge to the ferry. By the way, is that what it is? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's not bad. Not bad when you're done. And when you're 40. coming over that bridge, once you finally get to the top of it, and you take a couple photos and everything, and then you start going down, it's like from that point on, it's it's easy. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm doing it again, and I'm doing it for you. Look, and man, I'm sixty angry. years old, and I did it after booming celebration last year. I understand, but you are you have this professional athlete mentality that I could never have. I've tried to bring that that mentality out in you. You know, you were a baseball player and a football player at Bellport High School. That's right, and I did. You did in twenty. 19. You yeah. got that out of me, and I did that whole thing. I'm going to get it out of you this year, too. And you're doing it again. Like, while I was doing this Peloton ride, and I'm looking at Kendall Tool, and it's her body and your face on it. That's all I could see. <laughs> was her face. Or your face on her body. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. Come on. You can do it. Yeah. Anyway. All right. All right. Boomer and Geo on the I fan. I could FaceTime you, and we could do Peloton together if you'd like. We did that during the pandemic. Remember yeah, that? but we can Peloton together. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not interested. And you can put the you can put your phone right on the top of the Peloton. Uh, yeah. No, uh, nah. I don't no, think okay. so. No, I'll take my shirt off. <laughs> oh, really? That's an incentive. <laughs> Hi, Brewer and Geo Coney alive for the Bill Ford Tough Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. This morning I came in and I said, man, I know exactly what Boomer's going to be thinking about Aaron Rodgers. I just know. And since this is year six of working with Boomer, I said, I feel like I really know what he's going to say. And he's going to say that all this Aaron Rodgers talk and all these rumors and all the stuff that's swirling out there. It started with Adam Schefter, then Ian Rappaport, then yesterday Peter King actually name-dropped Yes, Peter King actually name-dropped Woody Johnson and goes that two first-round picks, they trade him to an AFC team, and Woody Johnson would gladly pay that price. So I said, Boomer, come on. We got to end this today, right? Don't we have to squash this? This is ridiculous. And your response, Boomer, was... Smoke fire, man. This is exactly the way it started, although I felt like... We were ahead of the Russell Wilson thing significantly. But uh, this one now, all of a sudden, when you got insiders like that, and even Peter King, who does know a lot of these players and coaches intimately, he'll call them, and they will not hesitate to to call him back. You know, and I've known Peter for a long, long time. I met him when I first became a player in Cincinnati when he picked me up at the airport. And uh, I've been friends with him for a long, long time, and I know how... He operates and he never violates any compromised information. Mm -hmm. He just puts things out there where he is well informed. And if, in fact, he puts it out there that uh, he believes that there is a potential for this, I I believe there is, too. And I I just again, I will go I will go to my, uh, you know, the, the end of the earth to tell you that Lamar Jackson's not the player for this team the way this team is currently constructed. No matter what anybody says, they don't understand the dynamics of the wide receivers and the quarterbacks 
And this would be a that would be a major problem here. And on top of that, you would have to hire the right offensive coordinator to get the most out of Lamar Jackson. That's why I think Lamar Jackson to Atlanta makes a lot of sense. Baltimore to the Jets, I don't see that. I do see Green Bay to the Jets. I don't see Green Bay to Dallas. Yeah. I don't see Green Bay to San Francisco. I, I could see Green Bay to uh, you know to the Raiders. Yeah, and I can understand the Ravens not wanting to send Lamar Jackson, and you know they would tag him and trade him if it ended up getting to that. But I, I could I could understand not trading to the Jets. But do, does Joe Douglas? believe the same stuff you believe about Lamar Jackson? Uh, yes, I would think so. I can't speak for Joe, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it's it's obvious that Greg Roman designed a specialized offense to u- utilize the specialized skill of Lamar Jackson. Well, the- and that- and that, that is, you know, the tight end is imp- important. Uh, big, giant offensive linemen are important. Mm. A top 10 defense is important because mm. if they get behind in games, very rarely do they, are they able to come back? And, you know, they they had kind of the same problem this past season, early on in the year, as the Raiders had. They were getting out the big leads. And then when they needed something on offense at the end of the game to kind of quell those leads or the momentum shifts that took place in these games in which they lost, he was unable to get that done on offense. That's not just him, but it's the passing game in general. All right. Well, the Jets do have big, giant offensive linemen, and one of them should be coming back next year, hopefully in Mackay. teammate maybe, right? Uh, Mackay Becton. You also have a defense that was at times, even though it disappointed towards the end of the year, uh, a top 10 defense. And you also have an open offensive coordinator position where you could fill that with the now, guy. Now, that- now, if you told me that they were going to hire Greg Roman and bring Lamar Jackson here, and then I'd say, okay, you're going to be trading Garrett Wilson and most likely Elijah Moore. Maybe uh, I've officially thrown my name into the ring for consideration. <laughs> for the Jets offensive coordinator job. Right. So you understand what I'm talking about. <gasps> I, I mean, do. so the Jets believe that they're a quarterback away and that quarterback is going to be a quarterback that's going to be running a pass first offense, not a run first offense in terms of him being the runner. Yeah. Okay. Now, that's why I said it just doesn't make any sense. No matter how popular you think he may be or how great he may be, it makes absolutely no sense. What makes sense would be for him to go to Atlanta because it's an NFC team. It's a run first team. They, tr- you know, and think about. Just think about how popular uh, Lamar is from the South, mm-hmm. uh, how popular he would be for the Atlanta Falcons. Oh. And they haven't had anything since they went to the Super Bowl. Well, okay, but I could give you the same argument back with Lamar Jackson to the Jets, which is think about how popular he'd be in New York, and the Jets wide, haven't had a quarterback in 100 years. But you also have these wide receivers here. You, know, you have Garrett Wilson, who had an awesome year, is going to be Offensive Rookie of the Year, most likely. And, and, you know, you think he wants balls, like 50 to 60 balls thrown to him next year? You saw how he acted this year. Sure. Mm. Well, you don't think that Garrett Wilson at all would be excited about having Lamar Jackson on his team because everybody seems to love Lamar Jackson. They do love Lamar. I'm not saying that they don't. And they, they he's one of the most popular players in the league. But why would Marquise Brown want out of Baltimore, one of his best friends? Yeah, I understand because he wanted to get more uh, targets, which means potentially more money uh, if he makes those targets into catches. And that's what he wants is the so contract. They, they could pay Lamar, you know, $45 million a year and guarantee it for the next four years. That means those other guys ain't getting paid. Yeah. I and can- by the way, those other guys... Uh, their production is going to be stifled because of that. Yeah, I just wonder if 
the all the general managers in football think the same way? Like, does Joe Douglas say, well, these guys are going to want out because we have to change our offense? Or does he say, imagine Lamar Jackson with more weapons than he's ever had on offense? And and think about the talent that we, we could give him Brees Hall off the injury. We can give him Garrett Wilson. Uh, we can we could give him the, the tight ends that we brought in and Uzama and Conklin. We can give him Elijah Moore. No, we can give him Corey Day. I mean, does he think like that? Uh, that that could be the other side of the coin. Now, if I had a choice between the two for two years, obviously Aaron Rodgers well, is forget, going to be the yeah, guy. Yeah, forget two years. <clears throat> no, because say, if anybody who's trading for Lamar Jackson, it's going to be a no, sign no, 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 trade. No. I'm saying I'm, I'm just talking in terms of Aaron Rodgers for two years. Okay. I, if Lamar Jackson, you'd have him for the rest of his career, most likely. I'm talking about for the next two years, which is probably what you'd get Aaron Rodgers for, then I would take Aaron Rodgers and I would try to win a Super Bowl in those two years. But I just, it's the desperation, the desperation that the Jets have that I think is greater than any other team in the NFL right now when it comes to that position. I mean, the the Falcons, yes, they are removed from the MVP days of Matt Ryan, but that wasn't that long ago, and they have had recent success. And yeah, it makes sense for him to go down there, the AFC-NFC situation, and he would be beloved there, but do they have the same type of desperation as far as giving a contract and giving up compensation to get Lamar Jackson that maybe the Jets would have? So Lamar Jackson basically ends up having a a a, a, a year kind of like Daniel Jones has, where he throws for like 33, 3,400 yards and runs for seven to 800 yards. You know, wide receivers want to play with quarterbacks that are throwing for over 4,500 yards. They want opportunities because they see the money that is out there for them to make if they're able to showcase their abilities on the field. Well, listen, every team's got wide receivers, though. So he's going to end up somewhere. There's not every not 32 general managers or 31 general managers other than the Ravens are going to be like, we can't bring this guy in because our wide receivers are going to be pissed. I mean, they, they, so someone, someone's going to want Lamar Jackson. So, yeah, I, yes, Atlanta. But aren't their wide receivers going to be pissed too? They don't have. I don't. I to me, it's Kyle Pitts, and Kyle Pitts is kind of like a hybrid tight end wide receiver. But he's your Mark Andrews, okay. you know, in that offense. That, that's all I'm saying, and it makes to me like I always look at players, and, and not, I'm not always right. I'm just saying, coach, quarterback pairings, city to play in. What are the opportunities? So let's say the Jets hired Nathaniel Hackett. They're not trading for Lamar Jackson. They're going to trade for uh, Green Bay's Aaron Rodgers. Well, they better hope they are because the Denver Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett thinking there was a chance at Aaron Rodgers. He turned out to be the worst head coach we've ever seen. Right. So so Greg Roman goes with Arthur Smith down in Atlanta, and they trade for Lamar Jackson. That's a perfect fit. Frank Reich signs with the Carolina Panthers. They sign Derek Carr to a short-term three-year deal. That, to me, is a perfect fit. You know, like I could see these things, how they look on paper, and I could say that works, that works, that works, that works. I don't see Lamar Jackson working for the New York Jets, regardless of how great we think he is, just simply because of the way that the team is constructed offensively right now. Let me tell you, if Derek Carr ends up going to the Carolina Panthers, Lamar Jackson ends up going to the Atlanta Falcons, or ends up staying in Baltimore, and Aaron Rodgers goes elsewhere... What the hell are the Jets going to do? I mean, they're really going to go into this season where jobs are on the line with Zach Wilson as the quarterback? I just can't. I cannot see that. You know the leading receiver for uh, the Ravens this year? Other than uh, the tight end, 
Mark Andrews. Now, let's face it, he, they played with uh, Tyler Huntley. They played with Anthony Brown. They also played, you know, the bulk of the games. Was it uh, Devin DuVernay? Demarcus Robinson had 48 catches. Okay. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm just, I'm just, you got, you got to be a realist that when you, when you see these things, you look at these things, you got to say to yourself, well, it's great to have a Lamar Jackson, but then you got to change your complete outlook on offense. If it, but does it put you in a better situation to be able to and let get me ask the you a question. If there's anybody who knows Lamar Jackson, it is the Baltimore Ravens. And they've built their team around him, and their fan base loves him. And they just fired their offensive coordinator that got the best out of him. So now so what, what, does that mean? So what is that telling you about Baltimore? Well, I think that he's gone. I think that Lamar Jackson is not going to and go back. And you think there. it's because he didn't get the contract that he wanted, and he got hurt, and maybe... They thought he could play, and he didn't play. Yeah, I do think that, yes, I think that all of that is is part of the equation. And I think that they also, even if none of that other stuff happened, I also think that there's a number, because we, how many times have we said this? Steve Bashotti, the owner of the Baltimore Ravens, was very outspoken with the Deshaun Watson deal. And I think that there's a number that he's comfortable with, and Lamar Jackson wants a Deshaun Watson deal, if not more, and Steve Bashotti's not going to go there. So he's not going to get it from Baltimore, but he could get it from Atlanta. Yeah. Why? Because Atlanta is starving for a star. You know, Arthur so Blank the needs Jets, somebody. Though, man, they are. The Jets are starving for a star. Yeah, but a different type of star. That's why, you know, if you told me that Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers are coming here, I wouldn't be surprised. <sighs> I would not be surprised. I would. I really would if Aaron Rodgers finished his career with the Jets. I, I That would. So, that, like, how would you be surprised? Give me a surprise face. A surprise face? Yeah. Like, I go, what? Like that. Huh? Yeah. Oh, my God. Even now that we're talking about the potential possibility for it, would you still have the surprise face? I still would have the surprise face. Yes, 100%. Because I told you, but I, I just, I, I, I can't even picture it. And the other reason why I don't want to get myself so amped up, because I gave you the two reasons why I think this would be awesome. One, get them out of the NFC North. And two, the the Jets would be very good, and the drama that he brings would be so entertaining. So I want that to happen more than any other thing locally in this offseason. That's what I want to see happen. And I also don't want to get my hopes up and then end up watching Zach Wilson again next year, which would just be... <laughs> you know? Yes, I wouldn't have I a surprise you. face with that one. I'd have a disgusted face with that. I, I hear you 100%. Man, but you're, but see, you're giving me hope, though. That's the thing. You're giving me hope that you this is going to happen. Because right now is the time for that kind of hope. Absolutely. The off-season. The silly season, as you like to say. Sam in Miller Place. Uh, good morning, Sam. What's happening? Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. What's up? Quick comment for Boomer, and I have all respect for your, your knowledge of uh, football, but you keep talking about the fit and having to change your offense and they kind of change your offensive identity and what you're doing. The Jets, they don't have that. They scored single-digit points in I don't know how many games. They scored three points, seven points, nine points. They have no offense, no offensive identity. They'll do better with anyone better than what we have. Okay. You know. Bye. That's it. That's true. What he said right there is, is, is true, that they'll do better with anyone. Mm-hmm. They will now. You can't do any worse. Well, what about especially the, when your when your second overall pick is playing quarterback? All right, but what about the point of hey, your offensive coordinator last year is gone. You still haven't hired a guy, so like you're changing the whole identity of your offense. Is there even an identity right now without a coordinator? And that's a that's a good point. 
That's a great point. But if they're talking to the, the coordinators that they have brought through here, do not match up with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, they haven't hired anybody yet, though. But the, the guys that they have brought in here, and it seems like it's going to that kind of that West Coast hybrid style offense. That's not Lamar Jackson. I'm just telling you. Uh, Dan in Berkeley Heights. Hello, Dan. Hey, how you doing, Gio? Pleasure to talk to you. Absolutely. What do you got for us? And the biggest fan of you guys, a long-time listener, a huge fan of Boomer, and, uh, and since the Jets, I'm an old Jets fan. All right, nice. So, what, uh, what do you think? So I just wanted to bring up the offensive line to help uh, Boomer's uh, case. I mean, they're just not set up for that RPO like the Baltimore Ravens are. Yeah, I mean, isn't that something, though, that... If you bring in the offensive coordinator and you bring in Lamar Jackson, they're not going to have a choice but to you know, adapt. The, the interesting thing is is that you know they they fired their offensive line coach, they fired their wide receiver coach too. So oh, whoever yeah, is a- so whoever is coming in here, I, either- I've officially thrown my name into the ring for consideration. <laughs> so whoever they're bringing in here, whether it be. Uh, you know, an assistant head coach, and then another guy being the offensive coordinator, so you can get the guys that you want to run your offense, including your line coach and your wide receiver coach and your OC, so everybody can be teaching the same thing at the same level, as opposed to having to teach other coaches what you're trying to do. That make that makes total sense to me. But I, I you know, again, it's it's just to me sending uh, Lamar into the AFC and keeping him into the AFC where you could see him in the playoffs would be a nightmare scenario uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. And I, I just don't see that happening. That's why I think it makes sense for him if they are going to trade him and he can't get the money that he wants from Baltimore, he can certainly get it from Atlanta. G on the fan and CBS Sports Network after we were talking about the 40-mile bike tour earlier. Now I get a text from uh, my buddy Miggs of Miggs and Falzone from the uh, 5th Precinct out on Long Island, Suffolk County Police. And he goes, now I hear that you're doing this bike tour. How about uh, joining us for this uh, 10K coming up in June? I'm Perfect. Uh, guys, chill. I have a friend of mine who wants you to do the uh, mini triathlon. I sure. said, you, I said yeah. you'd probably be into it. Mm-hmm. Right, Gee, right. You'll be about 120 pounds when we're all done with this. <laughs> probably. And it's, but I'm doing this for the Boomer Esiason Foundation and, and, and you. Yes. Because there's been things that I have turned down that you've asked me to do. You bring up the softball thing all the time. I felt like I had to because you, you said Sable knows how to raise money. Yes. Can you raise money from Sable mm-hmm. with this bike tour? And I said, yes. I'm not doing triathlons. I'm not doing 10Ks. <laughs> that will that 40-mile bike tour will be the last physical activity that I do for the rest of my life that doesn't involve walking from my car to work or from my couch to the bathroom. That, 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 why do you say that? Because I hate it. I hate exercising. I hate getting up. People are like, oh, it releases your endorphins. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It sucks. It makes me feel like crap. And I get off of there and I go, <gasps> and I'm sweating, and I'm out of breath, and I'm annoyed. So uh, for me, it does not release. You know what releases my endorphins? A meatball hero. That's what releases my endorphins. So you do your thing. I'll do my thing. <laughs> just Did you, you be I just want you to be around for your kids, man. <laughs> yeah, come on. You, you act like I'm a 450-pound, like, uh, heart-diseased person who's going to, to drop dead. I'm going to be around for my kids, for Christ's sakes. I'm 225 pounds. I'm not 700 pounds. Completely healthy. You know, it's like I've got some sort of the, the brain tumor. I will Good. tell you, that sounds like a pretty good way to go. 
chicken parm and sex. Yeah. I don't remember the context of that, but I stand by that statement. Doesn't matter, really. Yeah. Yeah. Do like Ringo Starr. Peace and love. There will be no more. <laughs> no more. 10Ks. No more. 5Ks. Do not invite me. And I say this with peace and love, but please, no more physical activity. Didn't you? I'm just trying to remember back to the pandemic. I thought you got into the Peloton really big time. I did then, too. Yeah, so I did in 2019, uh, leading up to the bike tour in May, and then again, on the Peloton during... But that uh, was more about Sydney's wedding, I think. You wanted to look good for that. Uh, but you, I felt like you got addicted to it. Like, you were really into it. Well, there was nothing else going on at that point. I could, wasn't allowed to leave the house. You know what I'm saying? Fair enough. That was sort of like, this is 45 minutes I can have to myself where someone is climbing into my ass with tambourines. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And you're not wiping down Amazon boxes with the... Uh, right, exactly. Disinfected right, in the garage. Which I was absolutely I doing. Yes, which is the dumbest thing in the world when you look back on it. So, <laughs> how stupid was all that? I mean, how stupid? I never did that. How stupid is it still? Yeah, I know. But nobody's really doing that anymore. Like the <laughs> Wiping down groceries and stuff? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a question for you. Are you wearing a mask when we get on the airplane? No, I haven't. No, no, no. I've flown a lot. I haven't. You know what? <laughs> Not many people do. I will tell you, though. Every time I fly, I've gotten sick. <laughs> I, but I was just about to say that. Last time I flew, yeah. June, down to Miami, yeah. came back with a cold. Yeah. Both times I went to Dallas, I came back sick. <sighs> yeah, so. No, but I, I just can't. I can't do that. I'm already in there, like, tight with strangers and everything. And then you're going to put the restriction of the mask on me if I don't have to wear it? No way. Yeah, I didn't say I'm going to, but yeah. both times. Then, all of a sudden, I'm out Wednesday with COVID because <laughs> in Arizona, <laughs> shivering in my hotel room. <laughs> have a good show, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll hook you up with a unit in the, in the hotel room. Yeah. I guess with that, I mean, imagine how ridiculous that would be. That would be funny. You're in your hotel with your wife and kids running around. Yeah. And then I probably couldn't like leave it. Like if I got a late in the week, I'd have to stay in Arizona. I couldn't get on a plane with knowingly with COVID going home. Could I? Maybe like you can't have this hotel room. It's booked for the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I, then I just become a homeless Phoenix person for and the rest of my the life. car and drive, drive across home. country. Oh, God. <clears throat> no shot. How long do you think that would take? If you went days. straight? Oh, no one's going straight. You need All help. Right. I would say three. You could do it in three. Three days. This is about 35 hours, would you say? More than that. Maybe. More than that? How many miles? Because Orlando's like a thousand. When Thir- you- 37 hours. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. 35 hours. Okay. <laughs> How many miles? 2,482 miles. So you, 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 you put it into ways. And that's just straight driving. So in shifts. Well, that's why three, hour, three days is perfect. 12 hours a day. 12 hours a day. You have no interest. See, I would like to do that at some point before my time has come and gone. I would like to drive cross-country and see different things, but not in a in a time crunch. Like yeah. I have to take a couple of weeks, stop for a game, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 3,000 miles, then go up to Canada, go 5,000 miles no, back. No, then I'll fly Trans-Canadian. home. I don't want to, I don't want to drive trans-Canadian. <laughs> I'll fly home. <laughs> I you got uh, 2,383 miles. 34 hours and 58 minutes. So if you left right now, you could be there by tomorrow at, uh, let's see, another 10 hours, so 7.30. But you did it from here, Boomer. I'm doing it to Long Island or Geo. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. yeah. 50 miles and probably another three five hours. hours yeah. <laughs> yes. This will be Boomer's challenge next year. Bike to Phoenix. <laughs>
for BEF. <laughs> Gio, you're doing it. It's not you're a race. In. Not a race. You, know you don't have bad. to worry. Yeah, we'll wear a mask. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Seriously. If now, you guys, of all, th- both of you saying you got sick on the plane. I did. I came back from my, that, that trip I went down in June to Miami. I came back with a cold. And both times to Dallas. And that was in June, too, when people don't normally get colds. Yeah. I well, came we'll see how Boomer does when he comes back from Kansas City and then uh, Phoenix. Yeah, L.A. Oh, it's L.A.? Yes. I thought it was usually the Super Bowl site. Yeah, but they couldn't get it done this year, so it's L.A. Man. So fi. You want to put odds on COVID odds on us for this week? COVID or flu, either one. COVID or flu odds? Yeah. Not good. Yeah, I know. Would FanDuel put that up there or what? <laughs> Which one of us gets COVID or the flu? I don't want to jinx myself, so I'm not going to say something I was just about to say, but I'm not going to say it. It's not going to jinx. I'm not touching you, the money. You believe that works? Not touching the money. Actually, yes, because when my mother came over for the Vikings game, my dad had had a cold, and she walked in. She goes, you know, it's amazing. You know, your father's had a cold for like a week, and I'm totally fine. I haven't had a cold at all this entire winter. And I called her up two days later. She's like, hello. <laughs> but she's like, it was around him, though. Yeah, I know. But she thought she was through it. Yeah. She thought she was through it, through the incubation period. And then all of a sudden, it crept up on you. That so I told her, you chased it. That thing was incubating in, in her. Right, yeah, it was. Exactly. So that's why I'm not going to say anything. They're being cocky about your immune system like he is, and then sucking face with Gina, who's got the flu. Yeah. Like, you kind of run into trouble. Right. All right, so then I'll say it. Knock on one at the same time. <laughs> I have not been sick this winter. Okay. Not once. Not one time. And we're hit, we're knocking on February. That's so, true. Feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. I hope so. And we're going to a warmer weather place, so we won't be all packed indoors. All yeah, but we're going to be, you know, flying with these German-fested heathens on the plane. You know these people. <laughs> these dregs of society drooling and people yeah. traveling Can with young children. Oh, wait. <laughs> no, I'm actually not. I'm by myself. Can I have another granola bar, please? <laughs> sure, $7. <laughs> yeah. By the way, it's 37 degrees in Phoenix right now. Oh, come on. Well, yeah, just, but it warms up to 65, no, I right? I, I know. I'm just telling you right now, it's, I wasn't expecting to see that. When I and it's a dry it. cold. <laughs> <laughs> right now, the temperatures in Phoenix are topping out at 60. Yeah, when we're walking to the site, it'll be about 40-something. Oh, look 30. at it this way. That's 45 degrees warmer than when you were in Minnesota almost dying. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Frostbite. Oh, what a moment. Yeah. Uh, okay, Jerry, what's going on over there? What is going on? We are brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. We're also brought to you by Jack Pocket. Play official state lottery games on your phone. Something off the beaten path. We've done a lot of football, and I'll get to that in a second again. So I just saw this, and I figured you'd be interested in this, Boomer. So you know how you got this whole thing going on with Rory McIlroy and Patrick Reed? The two kids yes. stand one another. Yep. So apparently they're playing in Dubai this weekend, and it appears that Reed went up to McIlroy to try and shake his hand and say hello. To which McElroy ignored him. This is yesterday. McElroy then ignored him and supposedly read them through the tea, through a tea at him. So a reporter on Sky Sports got to uh, Rory said, you know, what What the hell happened yesterday? Nothing. Like, Patrick wanted to come up and say hello, and I didn't really want him to. And uh, and in my, from my recollection, that was it. That was it. So then he would go on to say, which I was not aware of this. Uh, how much of an idiot Reed is, how would he have expected me to actually say hello? I was subpoenaed by his lawyer on Christmas Eve. So, I mean, of course, like I'm just trying to have a nice time with my family. And, and 
you know, someone shows up on your doorstep and delivers that, you know, you're not, like, you're not going to take that well. So, uh, and so he ignored him. I did not know he was pretty honest about it. I guess they're probably fighting over the live and probably yes. comments that have been made. Right. The foreigners, they don't care. They just want money. There you go. They don't care. They don't About care, Jerry. Yeah. What do I have to, how many times do I have to tell you? I know, I, I hear it all the time. They don't care. Wait, so, so he got subpoenaed? Yeah, I didn't, re- that's why I, I didn't know that part of the story. I knew that they were fighting and battling. Rory's been very um, open with his feelings about living everything and yeah. Patrick Reed. So, so the same thing with Tiger Woods and also uh, Greg Norman. Well, sure. Greg Norman claiming that Tiger Woods doesn't know the entire story. You what know, is the entire story? But you know, but Tiger Woods got his you know ten to fifteen million dollar payout because of his uh, social media impressions after last year's PGA Tour, and he didn't even play. And he still got fifteen million dollars for social media impressions. Yep, there's a, there's a uh, wow s- sort of a mathematical equation that determines the bonuses that the players receive uh, off of their social media engagements. I mean, there's no story about this subpoena. Except for what he said yesterday. Yeah. So like, no one has the information on what it's about. It's just that he said this yesterday, and now people are like, oh, this is why they're annoyed with one another. But I, I'd, I'd love to know what that's about. Yeah, very interesting. So, anyhow, uh, you got Aaron Rodgers, a couple more with Pat McAfee from yesterday. Um, Rodgers discussed a lot of different things, including what uh, his future with the Packers may or may not be. I think it's more just living in the reality of, of what is. And what is is they drafted uh, my replacement. And if I didn't win two COVID MVPs, this conversation probably would have happened earlier. But in a year where I'm not going to win MVP, uh, it allows for all the different conjecture. Um, is Jordan ready? Is it time to move on? He said he was open to being traded if that's what they have to do, basically. And he also knows that the $59.6 million he's owed is going to be way too much if he stays there for them to pay him. So would be open to reworking his deal if he stays with the Packers. A couple of other things. I just saw Saquon Barkley, a finalist for the Associated Press Comeback Player of the Year Award. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, Geno Smith, the other two finalists. I didn't see all the finalists, but I saw Garrett Wilson, a finalist for AP Offensive Rookie of the Year, and Sauce Gardner, a finalist for AP Defensive Rookie of the Year. So that's kind of cool. C.J. Gardner-Johnson getting ready for a big conference championship game against the Niners this weekend. However, his car is gone. It was stolen Saturday night when they were playing the Giants. Wow. Hey, where was that angle? That's how y'all getting down? Oh, yeah. In Philly, y'all still after a win? <laughs> yeah, well, after a win, they took his car. So he says he knows you are taking out a gas, tank, yeah, gas station, too, as Gio pointed out this morning. Yeah, a lot of that happens. A lot of this crap going on. I wonder why. What do you think? Because people Catalytic suck. converters. Oh, okay. And because of the slowing down of manufacturing with cars that happened during COVID that we haven't been able to catch up with, that some of these parts are in higher demand than they ever were. So on the black market, these things are getting, uh, you know, top dollars. So you get a bunch of people to steal these things and send it to other criminals, and then there's big money. How about Al Dukes' scourge of teenagers that when they get arrested, they get released? How about that? What, the bail reform stuff you're saying? Well, it's just people get arrested for these things, and they get, they walk right back out of jail. They don't, and then they don't show back up for their court appearances. Right. How about that, Al? No, I, I do not like teenagers of any kind. Okay. Yeah. Are you aware of, I will not say the brand because I don't want to promote it, but are you aware of the TikTok challenge that's out there about 
wiring cars with household devices. It makes it very easy. And you go out there, you take the car out of someone's driveway, post a video, and then leave the car. No. Yeah. That's apparently a thing. Household devices. Yeah, I don't want to say what it is or promote it because then you can kind of look it up. I'd be happy to tell you off the air. It's crazy, and it's mostly teenagers and young yeah. people. Everything's young teenagers. Yeah, and people. Yeah, mo- no, well, 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 I mean, well, like nineteen, twenty. You yeah, know, no, but here's the deal. young people. So you have older guys telling these young kids, "Go steal. We'll give you cash for the car, and if you get caught, you're not going to get arrested. So don't worry about it. Or you'll get arrested, but you'll get out." And, you know, the problem is, is that when they do steal one of these cars, and let's say the police know that one of the cars is stolen, these kids are driving these cars in residential areas at over 100 miles an hour. So you got you got to be really careful if you are law enforcement because you are in a no-win situation. You'd like to stop the person that is stealing the car, but you can't because if you do and that person is, you know, going 100 miles an hour in a residential area and unfortunately hits a mom and a daughter or something else like that, now you got a major problem on your hands from a law enforcement standpoint. It's just a no-win situation. I told Al the other day I experienced two guys drag racing on 9th Avenue. <clears throat> oh, really? It's going to come that to a point. Freaky. I'm telling you, around here, especially with, you know, the 8.5 million people that live in like 35 square miles, uh, eventually it's going to come to a point where somebody is going to put their foot down and say enough is enough. I don't know what it's going to take, but, you know, it's going to take some. It, it, there's been so many negative things that have happened over the last five years that if it hasn't taken this yet, I don't know what it's going to take. But sooner or later, it's going to break. Something's going to break. So you think if like, you need somebody like a new mayor or a new police chief, something like that? Or something? Sorry, I've officially thrown my name into the ring for consideration. <laughs> it's stupid. Yes. Good luck. Okay. Somebody that is willing to actually do something. <laughs> well, she seems to be on top of it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe she would. Yeah. Nick's uh, get the article writers on that. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's beat the Cavaliers 105 103, 36 for Julius Randle, who had eight threes on the night. You've got the Nets tonight in Philly against the Sixers. Uh, Scott Rowland voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Rutgers beat Penn State 65 45. St. John's Creighton tonight. UConn Xavier as well. And the Devils beat the Golden Knights in overtime 3 2. Dougie Hamilton ties it late and has the game winner in the OT. Devils have won 7 of 8. Rangers in Toronto and the Islanders skating in Ottawa tonight. Time now for Moment of the Day, which is brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila brought to you by those who drink it. And uh, yes, Aaron Rodgers had quite the odd interview with Pat McAfee. Sure, they talked a lot of football, but they also had some weird topics, too. So what does Aaron Rodgers think about whale sex? (laughs) (laughs) Well, here he was with Pat McAfee explaining it. Well, they they have sex up in Alaska, actually. Then they come down to warmer water to... uh, to have the babies. <laughs> this is what goes off. You're yeah, talking about his offensive lineman? <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they have sex up in Alaska, actually. They come down to warmer water to uh, to have the babies. Uh, or you could be talking about A.J. Hawk's sex life. Look at A.J. All his kids are born in the wintertime, right? <laughs> Off-season lovemaking with, with Laura. <laughs> <laughs> Here was the question. Of course, it had to be at the end of the 53 minutes where they ask about Zach Wilson. Uh, and it was A.J. Hawk that asked the question completely out of the blue, too. It wasn't like they were talking about the Jets or anything like that. Um, he kind of took it in a different direction. Do you have a relationship with Zach Wilson? There was, was it Rappaport who said you texted him mm-hmm. when he was like 
in the facility during the offseason on a Friday morning. You said, what are you doing? Get the hell out of there, man. Get some, okay. Spend some time away from their facility. Are you guys tight? Well, it wasn't a Friday morning. It was a Friday night, and he was there late. And I said, what are you doing? I said, get out of the facility. I said, get out of there, clear your head, be a kid, go to dinner, you know, relax a little bit. And go bang a MILF. <laughs> there you go. MILFs, two days in a row. That's Moment right. of the day. See how long we can keep this streak going. <laughs> Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. This journey with Eddie the Picks jockey has been amazing. And he did get out, give out a winner last night. It was a rocking chair win for him, so he is back in the win column, which is a great thing. But I've told you before, I worry about him on Twitter and getting involved with a lot of these things. And yesterday was an unraveling. And I almost reached out to him, almost got his number from Al just to reach out to him to make sure he was all right. And I told him, you know, I was going to tell him to get away from Twitter for a little bit because he was getting very bothered by this. So he was challenging people to do, I guess, the heat that he was getting from losing two games in a row was was getting to him because he was challenging people to do this picks challenge. And he's like typing all these things out. He goes, you know, it's 30 minutes, no challenges. I want to play the big dogs, the $200 pay-to-play guys. It'll be a 20-day contest, one pick per day. And then this guy who has this account hammer something, He's going. he challenges them, and then he goes, I want Mad 20. Hammer? No, not Mad Hammer. Some okay. other guy goes with the hammer. He goes, I want 20 days against Hammer Time. If he loses, I got to give $20. He's just going on. Tell Hammer Time to set it up with the GoFundMe girl. $500, freeze all your money. I'm like, wait a second, Eddie, are you saying to take money out of the GoFundMe page for your teeth to to put up $500 to challenge nah, this guy? That's not happening. Danielle will not let that happen. A- absolutely. She's so going on and on. He goes, no pay for a month. If he loses, I can make 500 betting my games. If he's got the guts, will he do it? And all this stuff, does Hammer Time want to sign those terms? I mean, he's going on and on about challenges this, this this hammer time guy, and I don't even know what the hell he's talking about. Then he wants to get on 105.7 The Fan down in Baltimore, which is one of our Odyssey sister stations. So he's tweeting, I guess he's calling the radio station, and the radio station's not picking up. And then he starts tweeting at the radio station. So the one, his first tweet to the radio station, he says, look, I'm Eddie the Picks Jockey. And I've been giving out free basketball picks on Twitter and I've been on a national television show giving them out. I tried to call. No answer. I would like to chit chat. And then later on, as they continue to ignore him, he goes, I live in Baltimore and have 15,000 followers on Twitter giving free basketball picks for a couple weeks. I am 80 percent. I have been on a national syndicated sports show a couple of times and would like to call in. No one answers the phone. And then, little do they know what gem they'd be getting if they did pick up the phone. And he kept going after him and saying, like, I guess that I'm, I'm good enough for a national TV show, but not good enough for you guys. It's just crazy. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Then this is the last one. He goes. The people in New York and New Jersey say you have a gambling guru named Jeremy. Is he up for a monetary contest? I'll give him a point or two. I mean, this is the stuff he was doing yesterday. Oh, he's got a lot of free time. That's the problem. Oh, my God. He's got a lot of free time. Um, I'm glad he had a winner last night. 
And, you know, this coming Friday is going to be a big day. Right. When he gets his... Uh, it's going to be a big day. And we're going to find out whether or not this is going to be actual happening. And it's going to be for real. And, you know, we're not going to have him on at all until after the Friday checkup and visit. And we get a call from the dentist and he lets me know exactly what uh, needs to be done and what potentially could be done. Yeah. And then he's also going on about how he used to live with strippers. This is another thing he's been tweeting out. What? Yes. I, I, I don't know, man. He goes, I have been to both Monmouth Park and a lot of strip joints. That's how I know that most of the girls who work there have been abused. And the ones who used to live with me were quirky on what days to work. <laughs> and most of them would like to work when? Tuesdays. Oh, Tuesdays. He goes, he goes, Eddie, uh, some guy responds. He goes, Eddie, I'm trying to keep my mind off the horses. And you mentioned Monmouth Park. And then you mentioned strip joints. And all I could say is when we were young, he goes, bingo, all my girlfriends and live-in girlfriends were stripping girls for about 10 years. They are very focused on who they allow in their world. Having been uh, sexually abused, they are fearful people. <laughs> Sounds accurate. <laughs> but like. The stream of consciousness, Eddie Twitter stuff is amazing to me. Like, it's just like, but I don't like him challenging people because he gets all worked up about that. And then he like, he's like, I blocked him. I didn't block him. This guy, Eddie, forget about all these people, man. Do your thing. You're the man. People love you. Just keep make, just keep picking winners and forget about everybody else. Please, for your own sanity, for your own mental health. Please, we need you, man. We need you. We want you. We want you to, to, to get these teeth and turn your life around. Forget about if some guy thinks he's got a better picks record than you. It doesn't matter. One of my buddies uh, called me yesterday and said he needs a proctologist. Do you know anybody? I said, no. Really? Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe Brandon jamming up the A gap? <laughs> Could be. Oh, boy. Yeah. So I, um, I don't know, man. I just hope that he's... I hope that he's okay because I see this stuff. I mean, like, you've taken a liking to him. I mean, you're the one who started this whole. I thing. know, and I just I see this stuff, and I'm like, just just relax, go take the dog for a walk, put on some television, watch some Netflix if you have. He has never been as exposed as he is today, especially on social media. No, I know, and that's and why. And here he goes from 23 followers from the first day that he calls us to how many now? 15,000. 15,000. So welcome to our world, and good luck with it. Yeah, I know. And he, I love how he's going, I'm Eddie the Picks Jockey from a national sports show. Put me on your show now. I love it. He's going, he's once at 105.7 Baltimore, wants to put him on. Hey, give him an inch, take a mile. Yeah. Give him a mile, take 10 miles. But, but hey, it's fine. As long as he's okay and in a good mental space, I'm good with it. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hyundai. 